This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here in the mansion, live. Live in the mansion? And uh, live in the mansion. And we are here with EWA Pro Wrestling Superstar and the current EWA Maryland Champion, Jason Drake. Jason, welcome. What's up, everybody? Back in the, the mansion. That's right. Jason Drake's back. Jason Drake is back. Welcome back, because we're going to talk about a little bit of EWA, but a whole lot of random stuff here today, but basically UDUW, D-U-W, that's kind of how we talk D-U-W, about it. D-U-W, yeah. That's the Dirty Ugly yeah. Wrestling. The listeners have made comments, made emails. We appreciate it. We're going to ask you to keep doing it. So this is sort of a, you know, talking smack back to you guys. I did, I did not promote WWE right there, but... We're going to be kind of answering some questions, giving some comments. It's going to be great. So we're going to take all of the DUW listeners' uh, comments and questions and bring them up today. But uh, Big Ugly, we got Jason Drake in the house, and you were at Evolution uh, just a couple of weeks ago. World War Z. World War Z. I got to watch my man Jason Drake take on hashtag Pat Anthony and violent a mixed tag with Miss Rizzo. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that match, man. Yeah, man. Well, it was a lot of prep getting Rizzo back into because Rabbit Rizzo. She used to, she used to be Rabid Rizzo. She used to go out there and kick some tail, uh, you know. And then she she started dressing nice. We started going out there playing the pretty couple, and well, look what happened at the free show right before, right before Evolution, where we were both attacked. I was laid out, you know. I went through a hellacious match with Rayburn and. And Pat Anthony for the title. Main event match, actually. Main event match. That, main event match. Right. And I'm, I won. Pinned Pat for the one, two, three after the stomp. Took Rayburn out. And I'm standing there celebrating. I turn around. Here comes TJ Sykes. You know, heavyweight title right off the top of my head. Of course. Supremacy. Uh, again. Yeah. So I wasn't there for that free show. So you were a victim of supremacy as well. Yep. So I got hit in the face with the heavyweight title. I turned around. And here comes TJ. And uh, then... You know, the Dark Horses and him are just putting the boots to me. Uh, next thing I know, the Dark Horses pull me up to my feet, hold my arms behind my back. TJ hits me with the super kick, lays me out. I know all that. Yeah, I I'm feel you. kind of out of it, and I see Rizzo jump in the ring, jump on Pat's back, tosses her off. Next thing I know, I'm being made to watch, you know, on the brink of unconsciousness as TJ's got... Rizzo's arms held behind her, and Violet just forearms her into unconsciousness. All Absolutely while Pat's terrible. Pat's screaming, this is what you did this, you deserve this, you son of a... Am I allowed to say it? Uh, well, you were going to try to keep it clean. Right, 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 right. He was using some expletives yeah. and telling me that I deserve this and this was my fault. There was a lot of expletives being used. Yeah, you know, I mean... I don't know how it's my fault that you couldn't kick out after I stomped your head in the mat. Maybe it's your fault you didn't kick out. Right. But, you know... Um, well, that's so, a good point, and I want to—I don't mean to cut you off right there, but I, I want to talk to you about a good point. You pinned hashtag Pat Anthony in that match. Yes. One, two, three. And then hashtag Pat Anthony went on to become the EWA Heavyweight Champion in the Evolution Double Ring Double Ladder Match. So, do you see a piece of a future coming with you and possibly hashtag Pat Anthony again? Are you... Having your sights set on the EWA Heavyweight Championship, Mr. Maryland Champion? 
You know, I've got the Maryland title. I know it was just announced that Desert Storm is going to be challenging hashtag Pan Anthony. So who knows? If the dust settles and Desert Storm is the is the heavyweight title holder, then I'm kind of out of the picture. If the dust settles and Pat's still the champion, I've pinned him two times in the last two shows. You certainly have. So you're going to be keeping your eye on that situation. I know when you just talked about that, that's right, Desert Storm, your boy, Big Ugly, is going to be challenging hashtag Pat Anthony for the EWA Heavyweight Championship at Last Rates, which is Saturday, October 22nd, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Tickets are on sale. You guys know that at EWAMaryland.com. But I want to talk to you about Last Rates a little bit because you actually have a match. And you are going to be defending your EWA Maryland Championship against one of the competitors that you faced before in that triple threat match. The big man, the big man coming into EWA Pro Wrestling, making his return, Rayburn, because he got taken out by Supremacy 2 at that free show, so he couldn't make Evolution, so he is mad. And he's coming after your Maryland Championship. Tell me how you feel about that. You know, I don't know what his mentality is. I think, you know, he deserves a fair shot. You know, if you remember, he actually helped set me up to win the title in the first place after Pat cheated him out of the title. That's and right. after Pat, as we talked about last time I was here, cheated me out of the title. So I think Rayburn deserves a, a one-on-one shot. Now, do I know his mentality? He could come in angry at this whole situation. He could take it out on me. Um, Rayburn and I were both, uh, this is a shoot here, trained by the same guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we've known each other a long time. Our careers have passed, or cross, have crossed multiple, multiple right. times. Right. So... You know, I know him, he knows me, I've changed a little bit in the last, you know, year or so since the last time we really got in the ring together, so we'll see if he's changed as well and see what happens, you know, I'm I'm going to bring it to him, though. I'm not letting that title go. That's right, we're excited about Last Rights, it's coming up soon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Um, Big Ugly, you going to be at Last Rights? I'm going to be there, so my, my thing is, what is the game plan for beating a guy like Rayburn? A big guy, you being a smaller guy, what's the game plan for taking on a guy like that? Well, you know, with, with Pat, I was able to kind of move him around a bit more, suplexes, some stuff like that. This, on the other hand, it, it's going to be speed and just smarts versus strength and power. Because as, you, as you've seen, he can throw me around, he can throw Pat around, like he's done it. Um, he's tossed us both around. Uh, but if I, can, if I can stay out of his grip, get, you know, some strikes in, go for maybe some headshots to set up the stomp, you know, if I, you can you can get kicked in the head so many times, doesn't matter what size you are, it's going to take you down. You see some of those football players in the NFL, concussions, they're out. They don't, you know, you're not safe. So if I start attacking the head, maybe I can bring the beast down. That's right, and we're looking forward to that match. It's going to be for the Maryland Championship at EWA Last Rights with Jason Drake. Miss um, Rizzo, she's going to be in your corner? She's going to be in my corner. Now, I, I do want to bring up the, uh, the Evolution Tag Match real quick one more time because we kind of... Talked about what set up to it, but we didn't really get into it. I just want to say, I you know helped Rizzo in the ring training wise, getting her ready, and I think it showed, especially in that forearm training at the oh, end of the match. Oh yeah, they were knocking each other. Like I thought they were going to be knocked out. You know, steps back, coming back, swinging full force. I was on the apron, you know, marking out myself. The crowd was hot. <laughs> like, too. Get her, yeah. Yeah, boo. Did you hear the crowd though when I asked for her first tag in? All I did was put my hand out and go, Who wants to see the crowd blew up for Rizzo? They wanted they to see her get in there. And she 
she actually got the victory hitting hitting Violet with the stomp. That's right. The so, beauty mark. The beauty mark. That's right. It was beautiful. And I was I was marking out myself because I've been, I've been pulling for this match for a long time. You know that. The oh, mixed tag yeah. Team match. You, you wanted to see Rizzo back in the ring competing. I did. I wanted to see um, all four of you guys in there. And, you know, added re- return of Nyla Rose uh, into the mix. You know, was she going to help Supremacy? No, she was going to be there to be an impartial referee, which was, yeah. which was great to see her part of EWA Country once again. So yeah, that was a fantastic match, semi main event at Evolution. Yep, semi main. I'm, getting, I'm staying up in that card, man. Staying up near the main semi main. But that's you know, where this you time, belong, man. This time Rizzo's in my corner. You know, we're we're not gonna cheat. We're not Pat Anthony and Violet, so we're not gonna cheat. She's just gonna be there to to help get me fired up and get the crowd fired. That's up. right. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have so much going on at Evolution. Uh, I'm sorry, last raids. Good lord, I see my mind's on Evolution. <laughs> we're building up to it. It was so a long. good show. It, was it really, good really show. was. <laughs> you know, we're gonna have Wes Mercer, who's been on our podcast before, the legendary Super Cruiserweight, the only four-time Cruiserweight champion in EWA history, in a last man standing match against the show, Mister Jones, representing Supremacy. That's gonna be fantastic. We got the Dark Horses defending from Supremacy. Their tag. Team championships against the weight of the world, Corey Bush, who was on our podcast not too long ago, and returning to EWA, the Wild Man Congo. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. We got Simon Rhyme taking on the Hamden Hammer, Bill Ward, back in EWA. Kind of, I love the hammer, man. Got to put the hammer down. And as you did mention earlier, Desert Storm is going to be challenging hashtag Pat Anthony for the EWA Heavyweight Championship. So much going on. Make sure you're there. Plus, this is a Halloween-themed show, so we want costumes from everybody. We want costumes from our, you know, workers, our production people. We want, I'm coming in costume. I ain't telling you what it is, but I'm coming. It's going to be very simple, but it's very fun. So we, all the fans, costumes, bring them. You know what I'm saying? Cosplay. I don't know about cosplay, but costumes. It's going to be good. So we got, that's a lot of EWA talk, and that's great. Jason Drake, anything other EWA stuff you want to get in before we go into this Dirty Ugly Wrestling uh, Q&A podcast? You know, I think the only thing that I'm eager to see other than, you know, myself holding the title at the end of the match. I'm Ah. excited to see that, but uh, all jokes aside... I'm really interested to see how this title change between TJ and Pat's going to affect the whole group. Mm. I mean, if you saw Desert Storm posted that picture where he's like, I didn't walk out the victor, but I walked out happy, and him pointing and laughing at TJ, and just that look of defeat and just confusion and anger on TJ's face. That and, you know, he may great. have said he respects Pat. That may have, There may be a show of respect, but, you know, I know, I know both Pat and TJ for a long time. Mm-hmm. TJ's a competitor. He's he's a he wants to be at the top, and the guy who's in his group and supposed to have his back now has his title. So. It could be a rift in supremacy. I'm liking this. I'm wondering, wondering what's going to happen here. It could start falling apart. I'm liking this. Big Ugly, uh, I know you're a pro wrestling fan, and you love the stories that are being told here. Um, you know, What do you think is going to happen with supremacy? you think they'll come back together, or you think they'll implode like I'm hoping they do? i, I got to say they're going to implode on this one. Yeah. You know, whoever holds the belt, man, that's the leader of the group right there. It was TJ Sykes. He expected to be in that position. He's no longer there. There's no way he can play second fiddle to hashtag Panathy. I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to implode. It's only a matter of time. Looking forward to it. And it's all going to be happening at Last Rites on Saturday, October 22nd. And then we're going to have a little bit of downtime. We'll do some things for EWA ringside. We'll do some things here and there. But all leading into the huge all-steel cage show in January 2017. Rage in a cage. I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for that. That was my first first show at EWA. So... 
coming back. Rage. It's been a year. Unbelievable. I am excited about that. So, uh, Rage in the cage, actually. But what we're going to do right now, uh, we're going to take a small break. What do you think? Um, this little intro has been good with Jason Drake. Uh, we're going to come back with Jason Drake and Big Ugly and me, Dirty Mike, and we're going to talk all things pro wrestling. Um, so, it's going to be fun, and we're going to take your comments, your questions, and we're going to address them here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. This is Dirty Mike, aka Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. This is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here with EWA Pro Wrestling, Jason Drake. Jason, welcome back to the... Uh, you said that before, but welcome back to the mansion. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I've been here. Yeah. I didn't leave <laughs> right. and come back. You did not. I'll yeah. take the welcome back. Yeah. I'll take it. That's right, absolutely. Uh, you are not joined today by your second half, your <laughs> better half, perhaps. Oh my. Sorry, I'm right? good, I'm good. Good lord. Are you that excited to I'm be good. here in the, in the I am, I'm very excited. Is the be, air dry? Do I need to change this? No, I heard That's you start right. to ask a question. I'm like, oh, I gotta take a drink of this real quick. It went bad. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Miss Rizzo, where is she today? She is feeling under the weather, so she could not make it down today, but we promise we will be back. Uh, for the listeners, we've been friends with the voice of Maryland, Dirty Mike, for a long, long time. So True that. We'll, we'll be here anytime he wants us to come down, so don't worry. She'll be back on the podcast. And she'll be there at Last Rights. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. Yep. She'll, she's going to be all good by Last Rights. Yeah. Well, we, we will hope Rizzo feels better. Um, and uh, this is for you, Rizzo. We're going to do a podcast for you, and we're going to get some questions in here. We're going to talk all things pro wrestling, all things uh, entertainment, all things... Election, because that's kind of what's going on right now. Oh, by the way, pretty soon, and I do have this confirmed from them, I don't know when, but we are going to have the true candidates for president and vice president on this podcast, Desert Storm and Apollo Crews, Storm Crews 16. And you know they get my vote. That's right. That's who I'm voting for. (laughs) I'd give them my vote. (laughs) Man, I tell you, that's who I'm voting for. Uh, You know, because we'll just get into it while we're talking about Dude, I mean, I've been watching the debates and uh, the debates are like car crashes. You really can't turn away. But none of them are about how to make the country better or anything like that. It's a pissing contest. You didn't do this. You did that. Mm-hmm. Um, do, what What are your thoughts? Anybody got any thoughts on either candidate or the election in, in a general? Anybody? I saw a meme that made me laugh where it was like, uh, who was it? It was like... Uh, McMahon's wife was supposed to was figured as Hillary, and uh, the Million Dollar Man was fo- like you know supposed to be Trump. And they're like, this is what WWE fans see the election as. Like, no, 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 that's pretty right. Like, that's pretty true. It's scary. Um, oh, as you said, I'd vo- I'd vote for Desert Storm over both those candidates. Absolutely, uh, Storm Cruise level headed. Yep, I'll take I'll take that. Ugly. I was listening to a Brooklyn brawler, and he said he's voting for Trump because Trump is one of the, he's one of the boys. So as a wrestling fan, are we supposed to vote for Trump? I don't know. I, I don't know. If that's the only criteria we've got, then yeah, he beats uh, Hillary on that one. But, uh, but I did hear that Brooklyn brawler podcast on Talk is Jericho podcast. Fantastic podcast, by the way. Trump can't throw a punch, though. No, no, he I really still can't. remember him attacking Vince and be like, "That looks so bad." <laughs> and he can't take a stunner either. <laughs> no, he can't. no, he can't take a stunner either. 
He can't. Oh, man. I mean, so, so he's been in the business, but, you know, yeah. Eh. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you ran two WrestleManias, WrestleMania 4, WrestleMania 5. You were in WrestleMania 23 with, uh, you know, it was Bobby Lashley, I think, was in that match against Umaga. Yeah. And I think it was hair, McMahon hair versus Trump hair. Yeah. So it was a mid-card match with a main event feel. And Austin was the referee, I think, for that one. I think so, but I tell you, Trump could have used his head shaved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That hair was scary, man. Seriously, yeah. That's his trademark, man. He needs a different one. <laughs> <laughs> His trademark is uh, firing people and talking about this is what I did paying my taxes, blah blah blah. Oh my god! Well, apparently he's got a new trademark, which I won't bring up because we're keeping things clean. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, we're. He's under to... some fire lately. Yeah, yeah. He really is. Uh, I mean, this whole sexual assault talk and everything. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy. God. Okay, so the... let's see. Who do we think is going to come out on top? This is prediction time. Who do we think is going to win? And I know Storm Cruz. Yeah, we talked about that, but. Who do we think is actually going to come out on this podcast? Uh, podcast, Jesus. The election. election. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> See, if we can get one of them, them to the podcast, that would be great. Dude, if we get one of them on the podcast, we are certainly going Your ratings out. are up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. What up? So, who's who's winning? Uh, I mean, Hillary for sure. I mean, yeah. Trump, I mean, after all of this scandal and stuff, I mean, he's pretty much handed this to her on a silver platter. They don't really have to do any more work. They can just sit back and just watch the votes roll in. They got one more debate. Yeah. I mean, the media is, like, setting him up big time. I mean, his own party is turning on him. It's, it's just not looking good. Well, the, the one who makes the most sense is his VP, though. Like, watching the yeah. debate with yeah, him, Mike like, Pence, he, yeah. he, Pence made a lot of good points. Seemed like he really knew what he was talking about. And it's like, if we just let him run it, we might be okay yeah. here. But Trump kind of put his foot in his mouth. And you see it because Hillary, can, like you said, Hillary could just sit back. She continues to use anything that comes out of his mouth as ammo against him and, like, all of her commercials are based off of just things that have come out of his own mouth. Yep. And it's like he's just feeding her ammo every time he talks. That's the problem. And the other issue with Trump is if he, at this point, he needs to look remorseful, but he doesn't, he doesn't do the remorseful act at all. And so, you know, it makes people feel like he doesn't care about, you know, the things he said in the past, even though, you know, he could chalk this up to being 10 years ago and be remorseful and say it was a long time ago, I've matured, blah, blah, blah. But he's not going to do that. I mean, he's Trump, you know, he's very mm-hmm. prideful. So, and I mean, that's going to hurt him. That's going to mm-hmm. hurt him. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. So we got, uh, you You believe Hillary's going to win there. Uh, do you believe Hillary's going to win as well? Uh, the Jason way it Drake. is right now, I think it's looking that way. Who knows, you know, it could turn around. We've seen it go back and forth a few times on this, uh, you know, across this whole you know, debates and everything going on between both candidates and this election. So we'll see which way it goes. But right now, I think it is favoring Hillary after the remarks that have come out about Trump. Yeah, uh, Trump has a lot of heat on him. So Hillary is giving him the heat. But can Trump make a comeback? Can he get a hope spot? And can he get a hope spot? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are we at the heat or are we at the falsies? Like, is that like the falsy for him? (laughs) Are we at that point? I mean, we've gotten the debates, so I think that's the back and forth. I think that's the heat, and maybe a little bit of a comeback, maybe a little bit of a hope. Now we might be at the the actual beef of the match, and we might be into falsies back and forth. So, uh, yeah. We have a double down. Do we have we a double down? We do need a double down. We Is need both down? of them to uh, kind of go down and then come back up and then fight back and forth like uh, those forearms back and forth between Rizzo and Violet. Exactly. That's what we need. Uh, you guys lost me after the whole thing. <laughs> I, I was done. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really yeah. breaking it now because we're going down to breaking down the uh, 
uh, mechanics of a professional wrestling match, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so I uh, gotta say that was very interesting. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of mechanics of a professional wrestling match, I did put this up on Facebook not too long ago. I want to jump around because that's what we're gonna do. That's fine. We're gonna talk about No Mercy WWE. Uh, all SmackDown brand pay-per-view. We're going to talk about Dolph Ziggler putting his career on the line against the Miz's Intercontinental Championship. This was in the middle of the show. It should have been the main event. Let me yep. just put that out there. Especially since they put the championship match on first. And I do know why, because we're coming out of talking about the election. That's why, because there was a debate on television. So that, night. that part made sense, that they would put that match on first. But in light of that... That Intercontinental Championship should have been moved to the main event. Absolutely. 100%. Bray yeah. Wyatt and Randy Orton, no offense to them, but uh, Miz and Ziggler, I don't know if they were given credit for what they could do beforehand or if they knew if it was going to come out that good. Uh, first of all, did you all see this match? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, by, by far, best match of the night, in my opinion. Yes, but absolutely. My, and best match in their feud, one of the best matches for each of them in their career. Like As far as building up to that story, what they did on SmackDown mm-hmm. and Talking Smack, um, and building up towards on that show, and then they had 15 to 18 minutes to just go. That final promo with the Spirit Squad, where he's talking <laughs> about you know the ups and the downs and the love and the hate, and I know every bad thing's got to end, but damn it, I'm not done yet. And I was like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> you were right. That story was wow. Both of those guys were just money on the microphones mm-hmm. and just getting everybody pumped up. And I wanted to watch this match more than anything. I was like, I'm going to watch the whole show just for this. Yeah. Um, not that the we'll get into the other parts of the show probably. That match was fantastic. Talk about the mechanics of a professional wrestling match. That thing told a story from beginning to end. I was on the edge of my seat. I mean. I was hoping, you know, what's going to happen? There's so much on both sides. Like there's so much to gain so much to lose uh let's start with you this time jason tell me about this match how do you break it down well i'll tell you like it was crazy because one of the things is you know anytime you hear a career versus title match it's big and you never know what's going on in the wwe now like there are tons of people like you know aaron rex is on tna now formerly damian sandow right. you had uh PJ Black, formerly Justin Gabriel, left on his own accord. Like, there are a lot of other people and other places now that wrestling's in this kind of, like, a boom. Yeah. Or it's on the verge of a boom, I Absolutely. think. You know? It's one of those situations where there are tons of other places popping up that these stars can go work. So, when I heard the announcement, career versus title, like, I was like, maybe Dolph is done. Maybe there's something going on here. So... I was on the edge of my seat for every kick out, every big move. I'm like, is this it? Is this it? He kicks out. I would like cheer. I'm telling you, when it, when two workers can go out there and make, you know, someone who's in the business, someone who's been in the business for a while, and you can like get me to have those reactions, yeah. it's great. Like another one I see do that a lot is Sami Zayn, for instance. But Dolph was just on point. So was Miz. You know, the heel face work was just great. The story told was was amazing. And there were so many times where it looked like Dolph was done. Or you expect, I think he took, what, two Skull Crush finales near At the end there, two, like, yeah. within a minute? And the second one, I'm like, that's it. He's done. He kicks out. I'm like, oh, we got a chance here. And we talk about protecting finishers. We've talked about that in, in previous podcasts, even with you and yes. Rizzo. Um, that's a match where I do not mind seeing, because they told so much of a good story, and each of them hit, like, you know, Dolph has a couple of finishers. He uses mm-hmm. super kick now. Um, the, the zigzag. The zigzag, right, of course. And then, you know, the Miz has his skull-crushing finale, but he also has, has used four. a figure four. He used that mm-hmm. in that match. Yep. I mean, I was... Same like you. I've been around the business and in the business for a while, and that one had me 
on the edge of my I could not believe it. And all, the falsies going back and forth. The story hadn't he almost told it was over. The interference that happened just a little yep. bit there. It's like almost over. Dolph's going to get screwed again. No, he's going to win. I want Dolph to win. Uh, oh, my God. Big ugly. Yeah, and, the, and the fans were into it. Like, it had them Damn on the edge right. of the seat. The false finishes had everybody going. Just like, just like you were saying. Every time Dolph got in, it was like, oh, this is it. It's over. I actually wanted Dolph to lose. What? <laughs> oh, uh, Remember what we talked about? about when we were booking this on the last podcast. I, I was think like, I understand what they, why. Go ahead. What if, I was like, the last time we were on podcast, we were saying, if, if he lost the match, maybe they give him like a month or two off and then sign him back and make him work his way through NXT on the, all like the way story back up, like a story. Like, giving him like his own story of like, this redemptive story of Dolph Ziggler having to start all over again from scratch and then working his way back up. What do you think about that? I mean, that could be cool, but I feel like that's been his whole career. <laughs> that's been his whole career. It really like, has been. You know, he, he comes out, does the caddy thing, and then that goes nowhere, and he's back, you know, down to developmental. Comes out as a spirit squad. They're doing really well. It seems like, you know, they were good they were good faces if you put them against like someone who was like just really overheel, or they could play really good heels because they were they were annoying, and you right. would think like, oh, you know, things are going going well here for him, and then he's back down as. Miz said in the promo, he's like, you know, I think two of you got lost on the way back to OVW. <laughs> so they're back great. in developmental again. By the way, breaking down the fourth wall, you see them doing it a lot more now in the WWE with their promos. Just they really that are. little side note there. But, you know, and then he's back and he's working his way up. You know, he started out as the underdog heel, walking around with Vicky. Yikes. I tell you uh, what, um, I marked out when the Spirit Squad music hit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. That gimmick was. I'd say terrible, and all, but I mean, it made such an impact. Those guys were in main events. I mean, they were in main event storylines for a long time. I marked the F. They out were the gimmick life. you love to hate. <laughs> That's what they were. They were out there, and they could. It's almost the way that Damian Sandow was, where it's like, yeah, he gets annoying sometimes, but he can make whatever he's doing kind of interesting or funny. And they were the kind of comedic side note to everything. But it was it was really great. But you know, and then Dolph is building building his career. He gets the heavyweight title, gets a concussion, and then his whole entire push is gone again. And we see him losing over and over and over and over again and finally he's building back. So it's like I feel like his whole career's just been a comeback story. <laughs> like and it's great because the fans get behind it. But I hope maybe he kind of just continues to grow now and they just let him go. That, that's what I'm hoping because we've seen Dolph Ziggler win an IC belt before. So it's not like he hasn't had it. He had it like a couple months ago this year, right? Uh, did he not win it? He, before Miz had it, he did have it. Because um, Miz won it from Zack Ryder after Zack won it at WrestleMania and got his WrestleMania moment. But Dolph had it before that, like a couple months before that. Right. And so my concern is like, this was a great story and they built it around, you know, Zolf's failure to, you know, get a push and really be out there. So it's like, now that he has the IC belt, where does it go from here? You know, do you continue to elevate him or does it just go back to Dolph just being regular Dolph that we've been seeing? So. Hopefully they can elevate him because, like Jason Drake just said, once you push him to that main event level, something just brings him down. Um, but I think Dolph can do it. I just hope that they continue telling these types of stories. Yes. Um, Miz has to get his rematch, so we're going to talk about that. Um, that's going to happen sometime in the near future. Um, but that was great, I want to say. By the way, and I don't want to give a shout-out to the three guys that were in the first match, um, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, and John Cena. Um, man, I was believe in this whole hype of, oh, can he make the 16 time just mm-hmm. like Ric Flair? That was a good build to it. John Cena didn't overplay it, but he actually did take some reality into it. And then 
when he lost, and he lost graciously and left. And so far, John Cena's name hasn't been brought back up into that picture yet. So far, it's now Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles. But um, that match was good, too. i got to say, it was. to lead off the uh, show, and there was a um, good amount of storytelling. Triple threats are hard in the first place. Yes. Pretty good. How would you feel about it, Ugly? I wasn't into it. I, really? I, I mean, I thought it was okay. Maybe I just wasn't ready for it. Maybe I looked at that match. Like, I, I didn't know that they were going to put it on first, obviously, when I watched it. So, maybe I just thought that I, w- I was just waiting for it to be later. And so, when it happened, I was like, It's ah. a strange way to start a professional yeah. wrestling show. Because normally, you want to tell a story. You want to start with something pretty decent, but not overly hot. Yeah. So, but I get why they did it because of the debate. I understand but, I mean, the sto- and the story kind of went up and down, and, you know, the show kind of went up and down, but maybe it was just too much too quick. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The- I felt bad for Dean Ambrose in the match, because the uh, fans were chanting for either Cena or AJ, and Ambrose just kind of became like an afterthought to this whole title picture. He so. did, and he worked hard, and I think Ambrose, and I was thinking about that while the match was playing out, and how Ambrose got kind of pushed into that uh, main event championship spot a little quicker than he may have been tended to be put in there, and now he's sort of fueling the other guys in that main event spot. AJ Styles is doing a great job, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's fantastic, and Cena is on, of course, the back end of his career, so he's not going to be doing too much. I don't know if he'll have another championship run. Uh, Jason Drake, um, talk to me about John Cena, real quick. John Cena, I think it was funny. We're used to him going out there and talking a lot and going out and just running the microphone. But that promo right before, right before No Mercy, where it was the three of them in the ring, mm-hmm. it was, it was, you know, AJ was out there talking all kinds of smack. Here comes Dean Ambrose. They both had their little spat. John Cena comes out and right when he gets in the ring with a mic, AJ gets in his face and goes, "Shut up, for the love of God." Just shut up. And then he tells Cena all about himself. Mm-hmm. And then Cena goes to respond, and Dean gets in his face. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You're not going to cut me off. I'm going to talk now. Yeah, Dean and, and AJ playing one-up on each other. Cena and, says nothing. Yep, yeah, Cena goes, you know what? Talk is cheap, and just starts swinging. So it's like we're seeing – I almost saw like a little bit of the old-school John Cena where he used to just right. come out, talk smack, and just hit people. Because that's a little bit what it was, you know. He's so he's so good on. He is really good on the mic. Yeah. I've talked about Cena before. You know, do am I a huge fan of him as a wrestler? Just strictly a wrestler? Maybe not. But as a whole package, yeah. he is a great great worker for the WWE and for that for that style of work that they look for. He is really good at it. Yeah. You know, from the microphone to the character building to working, connecting to the young fans who are the ones who are buying the most merchandise. Yep. To you know the in ring work where he can. We've seen it. He can go with. You know, is if he's in there with someone that can go, he can keep up with them, and he, he sure can, can he can make it look good. Like the matches he's had with with Sami Zayn, with with Kevin Owens, with with AJ, with he's done very well in all of them. And he people has. were questioning him for a long time, like what can he do? And then he went out there this last year, and I think he's been killing it. He has, um, yeah, he's been turning it up. And I mean, we've seen him connect. John Cena can do anything. Like we've seen him connect with the older fans, the guys. You know what I'm saying? Back when he was the older Cena, we know that the company wants him to be the you know friendly Cena that he is today. Um, so I mean, I like Cena as a person. I mean, I hate John Cena, but <laughs> I, I like it's fun Cena. to hate John Cena. Yeah, it's a yeah. popular, cool thing to yeah. do right now. <laughs> so if that made any sense, you, no, you it did. Right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying, and that's uh, something Cena. I think he's on that. Um, playing field to where he's not going to be on every show every time. I think he's going to come back and be that sort of the special attraction, kind of like Brock Lesnar, kind of like Goldberg, which we're going to talk about yeah. here. Um, nice little segue, I believe. Ooh, so One last thing before we segue. I hate to cut you off. That's all right. Goldberg. 
Don't did, you, did you see AJ, like, how he had to use the chair again and cheat to win the title? Yeah. And Have you noticed that he's had to cheat to keep his title or he's constantly been cheating in the WWE? It kind of leads me to think, I'm like, are they just making him do that because, like, he was the big thing everywhere else and they don't want to make him, like, bigger than all their stars? He, they probably want to, the story to be told in a way to where <clears throat> AJ can continue to be a heel because he's so over with yeah, his true. work. So he has to do something. Now, he didn't, of course, beat somebody down with a chair 15, 16 times. He hit, like, twice. It was a two-shot, basically, and that was the end of the match. And that also so, you know, puts John Cena over a little bit. So John Cena did not get beat clean. John mm-hmm. Cena got beat, but not clean. Yeah. And it, like you said, Big Ugly, Dean Ambrose wasn't even a part of that equation. But now Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles are kind of getting into it again. Um, not going to go too far into that right now, but that that's pretty good. Um, but hitting him with the chair just shows that AJ is still a heel. Yeah. Even though his in-ring work is fantastic. Phenomenal. Phenomenal Phenomenal. It is. See, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> I wasn't going to mark out for him, but I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I think that the chair thing, um, using the, like cheating, I think it's good. I think Hill should cheat. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I think that, you know, WWE has like handcuffed them so much that you can, like, Hills can't cheat really anymore. No, it's it's hard to unless it's like no disqualification and what you can bring in a chair. You know, they don't want low blows. They don't want you using a ref or anything like that. So. And they've been doing that a lot more recently, especially on SmackDown. They've mm-hmm. been getting that old school heel heat. You know, like using the ref, using low blows especially. Mm-hmm. That's been a major point of a lot of this storyline. Uh, using weapons when you're not supposed to. Distracting the referee with people outside. Using outside interference like uh, Maurice did in the in the Miz uh, Ziggler match. Oh, yeah. So, do you like that coming back, Big Ugly? You like those heels doing that? I like, I like the heels doing that because, I mean, it's, it's cheating. It's like, that's old school wrestling right there. Like, you know, che- uh, heels should cheat to win. That's... Mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero, you know. That's right. right. Yeah, they should cheat to win, yeah. and then when, you know, the face is getting beat down, beat down, eventually they're going to make a big comeback, and it's going to be a payoff. And they're going to win clean in the middle of the ring. And then you're going to start telling another story. Yep. This is pro wrestling 101. <laughs> telling you what. Um, Goldberg. Goldberg. I'm going to start with you because we started talking about this one uh, offline on the podcast. So here's the basic uh, thing of it. Paul Heyman came out to address the WWE Universe on Monday Night Raw. He was referencing a interview that Goldberg had with the coach on ESPN talking about WWE 2K17 and video game, all this kind of stuff, and then asked him, do you make a return to the ring? And Goldberg says, maybe, maybe not. It's got to be the right person, the right time. And then he specifically referenced Brock Lesnar and the match that they had at WrestleMania 20, which was absolutely abysmal. Um, They're not going to talk about how bad it was. They're just going to reference that it happened. Uh, 12, 13 years ago. So Goldberg, before the end of Raw, sent in a tweet, and they showed it, and said, I'm making my travel arrangements. I'm going to be at Monday Night Raw the next week to address this. So where is this going? Talk to me about Goldberg. So that match shouldn't have happened then. This match should not be happening now. (laughs) Um, It's just not a good move. I mean, if you take the two guys that could not put on a decent match back when they were in their prime, and now you're going to come 13 years later and think that what, what what are they supposed to do? I mean, all we've seen Brock Lesnar do is just pretty much go through people, mm-hmm. um, dominate the entire match. You know, even Dean Ambrose said he's not very open to doing anything outside of his usual shtick. Right. And Goldberg's not going to let that happen. There's no way he's coming back. And it's like, what do you expect a 50-something-year-old man to do in the ring against Brock Lesnar? Who hasn't wrestled, mind you. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see this going very well. Um for the nostalgia part of it, it's it's great. You know, oh, we get to see Goldberg come back. We get to do his entrance. 
that's probably the best thing of that's going to come out of the that nostalgia, match. the entrance, mm-hmm. the you know the pay per view buys, or I should say the network subscriptions, the merch that can come out of it. Yeah, but as far as bell to bell, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, Jason Drake, uh, you you probably agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. I think it's one of those things like you know. Brock just wrestled Undertaker, but that was fine because Undertaker's been in still. Undertaker's been keeping up with that training regimen and been mm-hmm. able to go in the ring. Like, as as it was shown right before that match he had with Brock, he was deadlifting 550 pounds. Yeah. He can still do that. And I'm not saying Goldberg's out of shape. Goldberg looks like he's still in a lot of, like, really good shape. but Looks a little slim down because he used to be bigger and yep, bulkier, yep. but now it's like he, he's probably in great health. Cardio's probably Exactly. Good. He's exactly. like Batista. Like, Batista slimmed down, but he still, like, looks yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wonder if, you know, if he's not going to be in that same kind of ring shape. He has not been working. And I talk about this time and time again with a lot of people. You can even, you know, uh, Benoit was like, you know, you could run on a treadmill all day, but your your ring work is going to be different. Like, they've always talked about that with him. I, like, I agree. you know, you're taking bumps. It's taking the wind out of you. You're running. You're hitting the ropes. There's steel cables wrapped in, in rubber or tape. It's like, there's a lot that goes in there. Your body takes shots. Your body gets hit. And it wins you quicker than if you were just running. So, you can only get the kind of in-ring cardio in a wrestling ring. Running on a treadmill, run, you know, going on a bike. It's it's gonna get your cardio up, but it's a very different ball game when you're in that ring. So I'm gonna ask you, if somebody that's been in the ring, does he have enough time to get in ring shape? Because Survivor Series is what next month in November. It's supposed to be, and is this supposed to happen at Survivor Series? That's what that's what the that's what the plan is. Is that this match is supposed to be main eventing Survivor Series? Mm. So which we're gonna talk about by the right, way. But. So do you think he has enough time to get into ring shape at this point, or has he been doing this getting right. up to now? The question is that if he has been, you know, prior to this, he's definitely got the time you not saying that he can't make the time but i know goldberg like from from what i see from what i've seen around the business and like just he has a lot that goes on in his day-to-day life right now it's going to be about being able is he able to clear his schedule enough to take the time off for this next month if it's happening in survivor series if he takes the time off to get ready i'm sure in a month you can you can get yourself ready you'll just have to go out there and put the work in like you know four out of seven days of the week Here's the next question, and this is a really interesting story. When you put these two in the ring bell to bell, uh, you know, do you put, there's no way you put Goldberg over coming in and beating this dominant force that has basically cleared the path of WWE for the past several years, beat The Undertaker, beat John Cena at SummerSlam, you know, I don't know. How do you even make it a viable story for Goldberg to have any kind of hope to beat Brock Lesnar. And the funny thing is, that? I only see Goldberg winning because Goldberg's a bit egotistical. Like I've watched interviews with him and mm-hmm. everything. Listen to podcasts. Like, exactly. With him. Listen to podcasts. Exactly. Recently. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, there's no way that I see him coming back to WWE and losing and doing what Sting did. You know what I mean? I don't see that. How happening. does that take Brock Lesnar? Where does that put Brock Lesnar though? It's like, oh, Goldberg can come in on one shot and beat him. So what does that make Brock Lesnar? Does that actually give him an exit out of the business? Well, they could do a no. They could do a no contest, right? Like they could find a way to mm. end the match without. A decisive winner. Then maybe do like a pull apart. Like I, yeah. I don't know. Jason Drake. Well, the question is here: is what's the end game for anything? If if Lesnar wins, he's dominant. He's shown he's dominant, and he's putting down legends and and people who've been in for a long time, and people who've been in and are building now, like between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, or your Undertaker and your Cena guys who have had some tenure. Yeah. So he's showing that he can dominate anybody, the vets and the guys who are coming up and becoming the new superstars. So this would be like another path, just 
building Brock Lesnar as this dominant force. Now, if Goldberg wins, the question is, does he stick around? The question is, does he become a player, maybe not an in-ring competitor all the time, but does he stick around? That right. could happen. What I think might happen is, like you said, a DQ of sorts. Some some kind of either ring out, you know, no, like draw, maybe they do a time limit, I don't, I don't know. But what could happen is, and what I see happening is probably either Lesnar winning or it becoming a DQ. Because I don't see Vince going, well, let me take this beast. I've been putting him through everybody. Because if Goldberg comes back at the age he is mm-hmm. and he beats Brock, what does that do to Undertaker? What right. does that do to Cena? What does that All do to Rollins? People. What does that do to Roman Reigns? The people that he has dominated in the past, it makes them all look even worse. Absolutely. So I don't see I don't see Goldberg winning. I do see Goldberg being brought in as a way to get the fans who were big fans of Goldberg, to, who maybe not watching right now, to go. Oh, let me check this out. And they watch it, and it's one of those things where it's like you know it brings them to the party, and then hopefully the rest of the wrestling makes them stick around. Past just his pay per view. It's a good piece of business. Exactly. I, I'm going to say this, and this is how I see this going. It's part of what you have both have just said. I see Goldberg coming in, getting a good payday. You know, mm-hmm. getting his name back out there, getting to be, um, you know, known by the newer generation as just like mm-hmm. the generation you talked about coming up watching Goldberg. I see this match kind of starting, and Goldberg coming out strong, trying to do everything that he can. Mm-hmm. I see. Brock Lesnar dominating whatever match that they have. I see Brock suplexing the heck out of him. Mm. I see maybe he's trying to come back with a little bit of hope, maybe a spear, try to get him up in a jackhammer. It ain't happening. I see Brock going over clean. Um, Goldberg trying to do it. And I don't see Goldberg sticking around too, too long. But I do see, I think at this point, if Brock is even considering doing this with Goldberg, I think Goldberg's got to do the favors. He's getting mm-hmm. a big pay today. He knows he's not going to be like this generation's Goldberg. He can't be. It's just not happening. But to continue to fuel Brock Lesnar and give Brock Lesnar the money that he's doing to do what he's doing every couple of times a year, um, I, I think that's the way I see it going. I, I feel like they're just going to go the route of no winner. I, I can't That see. would tick me off as a wrestling fan. No, as a fan, I'd Listen, be extremely pissed. I would have a lot of respect for Goldberg if he takes the L because that would mean he actually for once put his ego aside yes. to, I would to do something. Actually I, applaud for I, that. I, yeah, I, I, will, I will respect that man a lot more than now, I do now. Do they uh, put... <laughs> I, I hear you. Now, now, do they do this? Now, as far as Brock goes, he's kind of been a loner. We talked about that. As far as Goldberg, definitely not in the ring shape. And even when he was, he wasn't a ring general by any means. He was still kind of up in there, real new, real green. He ended Bret Hart's career. <clears throat> oh, my, yeah. So, so Bret Hart always says, anyway. And then, well, I mean, that was the last kick that gave him the post-concussion syndrome for the rest of his life. So he's going to blame Goldberg because Goldberg's green. And I get that. I understand that. But who's the ring general in this match? Brock is not the best match worker, I would say. Brock's been in there with so many guys that have been the ring general that have worked the match, just psychology-wise, timing-wise. I mean, I don't put that on a referee to get in the middle of these two giants to do that. Like, they put Austin in, the, in that match at WrestleMania 20, and Austin was running the show, you know, because he's the ring general. So Maybe do they, bring, they do that again? And that didn't work out no. the last time. So And it didn't work because both guys were on the way out. Everybody knew it. I mean, this was not even kayfabe anymore. Everybody knew these guys were on their way out. So these guys were doing their last thing, making their last shot, earning their last paycheck. That's all they were doing. But they're not in that much of a better spot because Goldberg is going to be on his way out, I, I assume, after this match. And Lesnar's a part-time guy. So, But Les- this is, this- Lesnar likes to beat people up. 
as we know. Yeah. And we also know that Goldberg had an ego. Had. I don't know if he still does. It sounds like he still does. Yeah, man. When I listen to that Austin podcast, man, yeah. You got two egos coming into this. Because I'm sure, Lesnar, you hear him talk. He's got an ego. Oh, oh yeah, sure you, So you've got... Yeah. I'm not surprised that, you know, when, when the first time this happened... They didn't go well. They they were both fighting for what they wanted to do, and they're both such muscled up dudes. They're gonna try and physically force the other one to do it. You've seen Bolt Goldberg do it. You've seen Lesnar do it. This so, conversation right here. This is why people are gonna watch this no matter when it happens. Oh yeah, exactly. So, and that's why it's good business. But even if it cool. doesn't go well in the ring, I think the ring general is Paul Heyman here. I agree. <laughs> I, feel, I, I agree. He's gonna be like, you set up the hell you set up. <laughs> he's gonna be out there. He can be. He can be a big mouth. He can tell anybody to anything. Uh, he yeah. Paul Heyman's definitely the ring general, and he's going to help sell this match because neither one of those guys can talk very well. No. Um, I would not put the <laughs> microphone in either one of their hands. Honestly, I would just have them both have a standoff and a face-off saying nothing, and then let Paul Heyman do the talking. Yeah, so, like him just come in and interrupt their little stare-off and start talking the smack absolutely. for Brock. I'm excited. We're going to take a small break here in just a minute so we can... Uh, Break up this podcast for y'all. We appreciate it, but I want to talk about one thing that I saw. Oh, you, you got something? You got tangent, go ahead, man. tangent, man. Go ahead. About Goldberg. So I was reading something, and every every athlete that ever comes through wrestling always says that whatever sport they did was hard, but there's nothing that compares to training for wrestling. That's uh-huh. right, and most people would agree. So I was watching Goldberg. So they, they asked Goldberg about this, right? And you know Goldberg used to be a football player. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, wrestling was hard, but there's nothing like playing 16 weeks of football. And it's like, dude, when you wrestle, you wrestle every day. You mm-hmm. put your body through that wreckage every day for over 200-something a year, days a year. At least. Right. And you're telling me that the hardest thing is playing 16 weeks of football where there's an off-season? You don't play every day? You don't train every day? Like... I'm sure that, that, guy, that during the 16 weeks that it is comparable, and who knows, maybe your your body is put on a little more hell. But the fact that wrestlers do not really have an off season, yeah. I think their body goes through more. Now, if we're taking 16 weeks versus 16 weeks, maybe you got that argument there. But if you're talking, you know, 16 you, weeks versus 16, 300 days, exactly, because you know we train our bodies to go through hell. We do, like you know, with the first day you take your first bump, you wait. Like I, I talked about it when I first trained. I didn't feel that bad during the day. Like, I took my first bump. I was like, ooh, that felt a little... But I was, like, up and going back and just ready for more. Like, I was hungry to learn. But the next day? <laughs> Dude. I woke up. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I had and then, welts on my back from the ropes. Like, because your body... Like, you build up cartilage in your back uh-huh. from taking the ropes, taking the bumps. Like, cart- muscle and cartilage build up. Because first time I hit those ropes, like, a few times on my first day of really working that... Taking the corner and everything, had two giant welts that, that scabbed over. Like, it was, you know, your body is not used to this, and it has to become used to it. And that's interesting, especially with these two guys, because Brock is the one given most of the bumps. He's not taking a lot. He's taken a few, but he's given most of the bumps. And Goldberg, in his career overall, he was the one giving the bumps. He yep. wasn't taking a lot of punishment, a lot of bumps. Um, so this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And I, I agree with you. Um you know, compared to football, one, half dozen, one, you, you just can't. I mean, somebody who plays football full-time, some of these guys are on the offensive line every game, every play. Some of these guys are on the bench. You know, if you're in a pro wrestling business, if you're in a match, you're not on the bench. Nope. You're in the ring. Anything can happen anytime. And the other thing I just realized and remembered is, like, Goldberg's style, and he talks about this, 
was derived sort of from watching MMA. Yeah. Now Brock's gone and been in and dominated in the actual <laughs> MMA and UFC. So they're going to bring that up, right? I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to come up, and I wonder if that, like, what kind of way they're going to play that up because I know it's going to come in there. We're going to be interested yeah. to see this. Yeah, I guess the reason I brought that up was because it just seems like to me Goldberg. When I hear him talk, he it's like he wants to be remembered as a football player, but it's like, dude, no one remembers you <laughs> as a football player. Right, the only reason like, they know you played football is because, because you were in pro wrestling exactly. and, and then told said, you. Right, exactly. Like, who is Bill Goldberg? Like, I don't know what team, position, or anything nah, until he I don't says either. it. Exactly. So it's just like, he reminds me of Vanilla Ice. Like, don't hate <laughs> hey, the man. thing that made you famous, all right? Like, <laughs> I like Vanilla Ice, all right? But it's like, you know, he hates, like, it being brought up about him being a rapper. So it's like, same with Goldberg. It's like, he wants to be remembered as this football player. It's like, dude, you're Interesting a you say that, because I think I told you, I don't know if I told you this, but the last year at the Irish Festival, whatever this was, the Shamrock Fest in mm-hmm. D.C., Vanilla Ice was on the list of performers, and he was up there rapping. He was kind of doing his uh, new school kind of rap. It was like real mm-hmm. hardcore rap, but then he also went back and he did Ice Ice Baby. Uh-huh. He referenced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. So <laughs> that was my stuff, yo. Kevin Nash, Super Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I would, I marked out hard for that. I was like, Vanilla Ice is still up there doing it. He don't want to be remembered as this guy who's flipping houses on 4 o'clock in the morning on TV. No, no. man, he's Vanilla Ice. So I was like, oh, I just had to put that in there. That was one of my bucket list things. That was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, real quick tangent before we take a break. Uh, I want to talk about this video I saw. You might, guys might have seen it. It was recently at a WWE house show. It was Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. And uh, Kevin Owens, uh, they went into a spot, and Kevin Owens actually picked Seth Rollins up for a rock-type spine buster. And then he actually went and did the full people's elbow Kevin Owens onto Seth Rollins. And then awesome. it was one, two, strong kick out, and Seth Rollins started hulking up. And it was Rollins punch, no, Rollins punch, no, Rollins punch, you, oh my God, hulked up. And then Rollins took three shots, punch, chop, punch. Sends him into the ropes. Big boot off the ropes. Leg drop. One, two, kick out. So they did the whole Rock Hogan spot, and I popped for it. That's great, though. I, I, mean, did, I didn't see. I, I saw the people's elbow. I didn't know that he came back with the Hogan came thing. came back with the Hogan Hulk up. <laughs> so, I mean, just this kind of nostalgia we're talking about. I mean, when they do that for the live audience, I mean, this is where these guys are just so... Incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. And, I, like, I'm on PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla out there in Reseda, California, ACH and Kenny Omega have done stuff like this. They've yep. done the Rock versus Stone Cold spot, and the building has gone nuts. <laughs> like, some fan gave ACH, like, you know, the, the Stone Cold jacket, and he walks up and starts hitting everything. Oh, it's great. So they do that, and the whole the whole audience goes nuts. So it's, it. it's one of those, as you said, nostalgia markouts. It's not... And and there are people out there that'll argue this. will be like, oh, it's disrespectful. It's like, no, That's it's the it's, sincerest it's, form it's of actually flattery, respect. Anything. It's going, hey, we're such big fans of this, and the fans are too. Let's give them this instead of let's get our own stuff over. Let's get stuff that they're gonna that's iconic to these guys. They're not gonna go like, oh, Seth Rollins hitting a new uh, or a new leg drop move as a finish. Because, no, Seth Rollins is playing Hulk Hogan as you said, and Kevin Owens is is playing The Rock. Which is interesting because they have in completely ignored Hogan ever since that stuff happened with that uh, that incident with Hogan. But now to just bring that little bit of that back, mm-hmm. I was just happy to see that. I marked out. If I was in that crowd, I would have been screaming and lost my voice. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. That was cool. Big Ugly, we should take a little break. Let's do it. Um, and we're going to... Uh, 
pay these gimmicks that we call bills. Oh, we haven't done it in a while. Yeah, no. We haven't done it in a while. It was but time. You know why? Because we are now not only on SoundCloud, but we're also on iTunes, which is great. So listen to us on iTunes. Subscribe to it so you get every new Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Where are we off? We're on SoundCloud. We're, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iTunes Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio. We kind of were on YouTube, but I've been kind of lazy because YouTube just... <laughs> It just doesn't get as many listens with podcasts as, like, videos. But let True. us know if you guys want us to be on YouTube. But yeah, that's We're right. on so many other audio outlets that, you know, we're, we're out there. So you cannot iTunes, miss us. Yeah, being a big one. That's good. So, yeah, subscribe it, like it, everything. So, we're going to take a small break. We're here with Jason Drake. Jason, you having a good time today? I am having a good time. I'm always having a good time in the mansion. That's what I like to hear. We're going to come right back. We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And Who we're are sitting you? here with. And I am Jason Drake. <laughs> I am. I am Jason Drake. <laughs> I love it. So what we did is uh, we took a little break and uh, took a little pause for the cause, right? Yeah. And um, so we appreciate you hanging with us and make sure to find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Facebook, Dirty Ugly Wrestling, and Dirty Ugly Wrestling at gmail.com. Um, so we started talking off uh, on the break here, and we were just like, man, we got to get this conversation on because we're starting to talk about some things. And these are some things that have been uh, questions and comments from you, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners. So we're going to go back and talk about this a little bit. We're going to talk about the Raw versus SmackDown kind of thing. Um, Jason Drake, you were mentioning Raw's kind of lost a little bit of its steam, and uh, SmackDown's definitely doing a lot better. And one of the main reasons is because when they did this brand split, they brought up Finn Balor with all this heat, you know, all this stuff behind him, put him over for the championship at SummerSlam, and then he had to drop it next night. Um, so that took a lot of steam away, and now they had to go forward with a Kevin Owens storyline that they may not have been prepared for. It's not working too badly, um, but I don't think they were ready to put him in that spot yet. So, Jason Drake, let's talk about Raw versus SmackDown. What were you telling us about Raw um, before we got back on here. I think Raw, like, they were built, they had this big build, big build behind Finn Balor, and it was great. It was their big tournament to see who was going to be crowned as the champion. You had this big feel-good moment of Finn Balor coming up from NXT and very shortly getting that title, and we know he was held down on NXT because Hunter didn't want to let him go. Triple H did not want to let Balor go. Yeah, because, because Balor, Balor was so, huge on NXT. Exactly. So, unlike, you know, he was ready, I think. You know, he could have taken the, the jump to the roster at any time, so... I think putting him and bringing him up, the fans wanted to see it, and I think, honestly, he was ready to get that title. And I think the charisma that he has in his shows could have been drawn. But once that all dropped to the wayside, we had this whole big build-up to the tournament winner, only to go, he won! Never mind, sorry. Like, it took a lot of the Not interest. his fault. But, Not his fault. But, but that's kind of what happened. That's kind of what happened. It took a lot of the a lot of the drive away behind that build that was going on, that was there was a buzz, and that went. And I think... I was also talking about how the, the cruiserweight division, like, there are a lot of good good talent in there, good workers. I don't know if they're being billed correctly, though. Like, I don't think it's being it's being pushed as big as maybe it should be. Um, well, they're getting two segments. They're, they're getting two they're segments Changing now. the ring ropes, changing the lighting, yeah. giving them their own thing. So that's that's a good that's start. That's a good part That's of a it. good start. So I think, you know, Raw's going to have to make some moves because as we were talking about, SmackDown, I think, has been winning it. You have Dolph Ziggler. You have... The Miz, you have AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Cena. You have a lot of really good talent on there. American Alpha, you know, the Usos. 
Uh, he's Slater, he's Slater Rhino. Rhino, and people baby. are eating that up. I got kids. I got kids. That is great. People are eating it up, it's and I think it, it's 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 going really well. They over got there. different camera angles. They got different ways to tell oh, yeah. stories. Oh yeah. Um, that's a good thing. Big Ugly. Talk about Raw versus SmackDown. T- talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing, how you're feeling. Well, I think that this is what everyone saw even before it happened because everybody thought that SmackDown was going to be almost like the NXT of of this brand split. You where mentioned it was going- that when we were talking about right. brand split mm-hmm. a long exactly. time ago. Yeah, so it's going to be like that. It's going to get that cult-like following. It's going to feel like that indie show, and that's what's hot right now. Like watching good wrestling matches is hot. That's why NXT is hot. You know, just going back to the basics of, of wrestling, and so. You know, Raw tries to be that over the top. Number one, it's too long. Like, we already Still know. Still too right? long. Still too long. Now, with the cruiserweights, which Jason Drake was just talking about, it's kind of spacing it out a little bit because you got two cruiserweight segments in there mm-hmm. um, that can last one or two segments. Um, so that's kind of taken away, but it is still way too long. Right. And, and I mean, uh, SmackDown, to me, they have, I mean, they just have the better roster. Yeah. Overall. I don't think, here's the thing, it's, I don't think this is going to last long, because also SmackDown's beating them in the ratings, and that could be because of football season. True. Um, so that's going to happen. But, um, you know, Vince is, uh, you know, he's, he's always, Raw's always going to be his priority. Um, yeah. That's the flagship show. And so the last time this happened with the brand split, and, you know, SmackDown started picking up more steam back when, like, The Undertaker was there and Batista and everybody, you know, Vince wanted to make changes to get Raw back on top, and I think that that's going to happen soon. I think so, and uh, and Big Ugly and Jason Drake. This was uh, this came into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling, and uh, this is recent news as well. Um, Survivor Series, which we talked about a little bit earlier, it's going to be a lot of Raw versus SmackDown. The five best Raw guys against the five best SmackDown guys. The five best Raw women against the five best SmackDown women. Also, the five best Raw tag teams against the SmackDown five best tag teams, which in, in essence makes it that ten on ten classic. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I missed that. I'm loving. And that that that's happening um and we might also see goldberg and brock lesnar but we got a big one of these big four pay-per-views raw versus smackdown uh we'll, talk, we'll start with jason drake what do you think about that is that a good build-up and a, a good payoff for this piece of the brand split well i think it's very good build-up i think my fear is there what we talked about where you know vince has pushed raw in the past more than anything is does raw go out there and crush smackdown that's the question is they have to be very careful with this. That they don't destroy one show or the other True. with this pay per view. They got to be careful about who wins what, how they win, and what happens. It's going to be very. It could be very profitable or detrimental to either company. So I they, they got to do things to make both sides exactly. Look good, no matter and who I wins think or loses. I think it's going to be really interesting and it's very good way to do it to get everybody back on the same pay per view. And I think a lot of fans are going to want to see matches that they haven't been able to see before. I think it's a little. You know, when you have the five-on-five feel, you don't get to see, like, a full-on match, but you get to see them, you know, get together. Guys that would never usually wrestle each other. Yeah, now that we've had this split. And I think what that could build towards is if, you know, say the, you know, the the guys in the back, you know, the business, the brass, whoever, they see the, you know, two guys work really well together from two different shows. It could build to something at the next big four. It's a chance for these guys to shine, even if it's in a sixty-second or two-minute spot. Exactly, you got a chance. You could build to that. Um, I think uh, SmackDown honestly has the better tag division and the better female division. You know, um, interesting. I don't know. I think SmackDown has stronger tag teams right now. I think I they have the more. Tag team. The tag Definitely. team, the women's division, uh, maybe it's just because I'm a huge Becky Lynch fan, seeing yeah. a girl go out there and hit exploder suplexes and all that. She's I think Alexa right Bliss is back. good. You got Bella over there. Carmella's being pushed. Dude, uh, what is it, Naomi? 
Naomi, Naomi. Oh. that entrance, yeah. yeah. Man, she's so fantastic. And she's all, in the ring, she's great. Exactly, so you have a lot of strong female competitors that I, I think might be able to, to take it to Raw there. I don't think it's a heavily favored, but I, no. I would favor SmackDown there. This tag teams, I think SmackDown has a better tag teams. Raw is being held together their tag division by Enzo and Kaz and The New Day. Those are the two big pushes for me on there. And then you have Hey, the, man, the you club. got the Puerto Rican guys, you know, come oh, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Dude, it's like having a bond villains out there. It just means nothing. Yeah, you know what? We're not talking about back of villains. You know oh, what? he's gonna watch. I, I like the club. I think it's funny though because I've had conversations about this with me and my friends, like New Day losing those titles at any time soon or anything like that. There's no one right now that I feel would be ready to go out there and take them, and it would feel right. There's not. Like, you need There's to, really not because they haven't built anyone other than them. What about I, this Cesaro Sheamus thing? Do you think that's going to work? It's so weird. Like, <laughs> how do you, we're going to beat the crap out of each other for seven matches, and we're going to have this whole big thing, and then uh, no contest, and next night, hey, we're tagging. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what? a little weird. It was weird. What? Yeah. Like, it felt very forced, very out of nowhere, out of left field. I was like, what happened? And let's talk about the, the being the flagship show, uh, basing off of that, Jason Drake. Big Ugly. Monday Night Raw. So, uh, the tag team division, obviously, Strong run SmackDown. The women's division could go either way. But uh, one thing about the women's division, and you're talking about the flagship show, Monday Night Raw has a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view coming up. Yes, they do. Um, and they have now three Hell in a Cell matches, which that's good. You should definitely use it. Maybe not for the whole thing, because you can see an all-steel cage show at Rage in the Cage in January at EWA Pro Wrestling in Baltimore, Maryland. But! Cheap plug. Great man. plug, man. How about that? <laughs> um, but anyway, they have announced that they have, the first one was Roman Reigns and Rusev for the U.S. title. In the Hell in the Cell. Okay, no big deal. I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. Now we got Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in Hell in a Cell. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. Then, this is the big one, Big Ugly, and this is what I want to ask you about. Sasha Banks and Charlotte. First ever female Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Big Ugly, you talk about that so first. So, let's just say, number one, it's a great honor for them, obviously, Absolutely. That, that they're getting that opportunity um, to do that. Because I think that that shows that the company's got a lot of faith in them. I hope, yeah, definitely. My concern is, what will they actually do in the Hell in a Cell? Like, when you think about a Hell in a Cell match, I think of, like, a lot of, like, brutality mm-hmm. in a match. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? You're, like, stuck in the cage with each other. Um, you gotta use I, the cell. Right, you gotta use the cell. I don't know if they're going to give that to us. Um, so, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I mean, it's not like you can get blood. I mean, I, I don't know. It's Well, remember when Jason Drake, and I'm going to go over to you about this. Remember we talking about Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, Hell in the Cell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was brutal. I mean, they used every part of the cell, the ring, there was color, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Uh, Based on what Big Ugly just said, do you think we're going to get that bell to bell with Sasha and Charlotte? Especially since Charlotte's been working her butt off for year or two now straight Sasha's been in and out of injury for a you know a little while what do you think about the boat about well I've seen Sasha go like and that's my biggest thing I've seen Sasha really go and kill it out there I know I've been on here before I think we talked about Charlotte and I'm I'm still questioning like how much her versus how much her father and the name because there are a lot of times where Charlotte just does things that I really question in the ring and we saw like the match she had with Sasha Banks last time where she won the belt yeah it looked like she actually injured Sasha a few. There were some moves that got botched yeah, on Charlotte's very behalf. Risky, yeah. Very risky, yeah. Very risky stuff. Very, and that's one of my things with Sasha. Where uh, Charlotte, I think 
Charlotte has the, the tools necessary. I don't know that she always uses them or sometimes she gets like caught up in something or what, but I see her do a lot of things that I kind of question sometimes. What about that corkscrew moonsault that she pulled off when Sasha won the title back? That was kind of crazy. That was different. Um, but and that was almost because she pulled off the moonsault at WrestleMania. Yeah. And then so she turned, took this one step further, so corkscrew moonsault to the outside yeah. during the match, but she lost, so she put Sasha over big time. Oh, yeah. That match was a lot better than the, the other one that they had. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I caught the highlights of that, but I didn't catch the full-on match. But Main evented Raw. Main evented Raw. I heard about it, and so I had to watch it. But, you know, Charlotte's continually getting better and better, but I think Sasha is the better competitor if she can stay healthy. I agree and with that. And that's the big thing. That, I think Sasha's tough. the better competitor. Uh, honestly, I would love to see uh, a division where it's like Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and uh, either Alexa Bliss or Naomi. Basically NXT of last year. Pretty much. Up but they the main split roster. them up. And like, I'm not a huge fan of Dana Brooke. Really? I'm starting to... I wasn't, to begin with. I'm not a huge fan of her either. I... I some of the things that she's doing on the on the side, I'm kind of getting into not too much because she's still Charlotte's, you know, uh, wingman or whatever it is. But she's not really getting to do a lot on her own. But she's coming into her own look. I don't know. Maybe she'll be a little bit better. I don't maybe. think she'll be that main eventer, but I think she'll be a little bit better. You know, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of her on on NXT either because she'd come out do this like little cartwheel, no handed or round it's off deal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. she'd like start flexing, and it's like, all right, okay, we get it, we get it. flexing, but. What, your character's just, I'm strong and I'm annoying? <laughs> like, there wasn't any, like, there's not a lot of depth to her. It That's really the problem. Like, there's not a lot of depth. Yeah. She's you got know, a good look and she's got she's got great uh, health, you know, and she, she's got a good build and she's good for the business. I don't know, not a lot of depth. Not right a now. lot of depth. And I think that's why I can't I can't latch on to the way that I do with, like, Sasha or Bailey True or that. Becky. Like, there's not a lot of depth to it. And to her credit, you know, I, I think that they were trying to build her her character more with Emma and then being that tag team but once Emma got put out yep. they kind of were forced to hurry up and do something with yeah, her right. after bringing her up so I think that might have derailed some plans of like what they actually had for her Yeah, and they're bringing Emma back and now she's, she's like this huge Instagram following thing mm-hmm. so they're bringing this, this Emolution or whatever this is back um, in a big way and they're going to have her being very into herself. I don't know if it's going to be face or heel, but they're bringing her back, too. Is she like female Tyler Breeze? <laughs> ah, female it's Tyler getting, It's Breeze. getting close, but I'll say, um, in terms of the, the Raw versus SmackDown, the women back to this again, like, I do think, I think SmackDown doesn't have, like, outside of Becky and maybe Nikki, who a lot of people don't look at Nikki as up there being able to go with, with Becky, Sasha, Bailey, and yeah, Charlotte. Right. They have those, like, Raw has... has Sasha and Bailey, in my mind, are the two top wrestlers. And, you know, SmackDown, I just think, has five decent re- or four decent female workers. And then you have Becky, who's like top of her game. Yeah. Whereas you have Raw has like two top of their game, one pretty much top of the game in Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha. But I think they're lacking outside of those three right now, which is why I see the better team is SmackDown. Better team is SmackDown. Just Shouldn't as be- a full whole team. Gotcha. But we'll see how it goes because who knows? Maybe those three can overpower the, you know, the other ones. They could. It's going to be interesting to see at Survivor Series. It will. Um, we did talk a lot about NXT in that last segment. Let's uh, just segue to NXT. How are we doing on time, Big Ugly? I know you guys are with us on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're good. We're good, good on time. time. We're good yeah. on time. We appreciate this and and listen to it, share it, comment on it, do it. Well, let's talk about NXT a little bit. Um, so NXT is going strong. Uh, we got the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Tournament for the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's going pretty well. 
Um, they got a lot of guys that are giving a get a shot to shine that necessarily haven't been Tino Sabatini or whatever the hell his name is. Pardon the language. Mm-hmm. Wait, Tino uh, Sabatini, he's up there now. He's up there he, now. He, okay, he I remember match. seeing him on Breaking Ground. That's right. Um, uh, Sabatelli, seventeen. I can't remember yeah. his name, but I mean, he uh, had a match in a uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Lost, but uh, had a match. Riddick Moss is another one who's uh, up there. But uh, this is something that I just heard. Hideo Itami and Kodo Ibushi was supposed to tag up, and Hideo Itami got hurt again. Again? Hideo Itami just came back from an injury, and he got hurt again. I am sad. This, uh, I mean, this is terrible. I love Hideo, but he's just not, he just gets injured too much. Yeah. Kenta! And, and <laughs> yeah, I, Kenta, man. Full, full disclosure, I haven't watched NXT in like mm. a couple of weeks, so uh, probably a couple of months, let's, let's be real. That's okay. You can it, watch it, it on the WWE it, Network. I, I ain't telling you how much they're for. All right. <laughs> but I I think this might be, man, this could honestly be like maybe the end for Hideo. I don't know if they're going to let him go, but he came up with a lot of hype. Yeah. Like a lot of hype. Big I mean, time. He, he participated in that battle royal that was at the WrestleMania. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like it looked like he was going to be going up. And it's like this is another lengthy injury. So it's not like he's just off for a couple of weeks. Like yeah. they're talking about another six to eight months or something. Oh, God. And it's like. He was that Japanese guy that came over that was getting all the push, but it's like now that you've got Shinsuke and he's been gone for so long, it's like he's just been pushed to the background, and it's not going to help his cause that he's getting injured again. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And then you mentioned Shinsuke's name, man. That guy is more over than uh, there's a lot of stuff that's just over right now in NXT. Mm-hmm. And I was we were talking about that big ugly on earlier podcasts. Like, where does NXT pick up from all these people going up to the main roster? I think they picked up very well. They got Shinsuke and Samoa Joe at the top. Two great workers, and they got great storylines going behind them. You've got Bobby Roode, whose entrance music and everything is just so over. You've got No Way Jose, who is, I won't say a mid-carder. He's really uh, just in any type of the card. Yeah. Very good in the ring. His gimmick is over. His entrance is over. I mean, you've got... uh, Ty, uh, Ty Dillinger, oh my God, the perfect ten. He's getting his chance to shine now, and his thing is really, really over. Oh, it um, took forever. It took yeah, they, forever. Yeah, they took too long with but him. Yeah. That's a guy who's definitely earned his mark, and he's going to be in NXT, being a main eventer. I definitely see it. You got a lot of guys um, in NXT. Now, do you watch? I know you aren't up on NXT, Big Ugly. You definitely should. Are you watching NXT? I've been watching it here and there a bit. Jason I've Drake been, been very busy lately. Unfortunately, I have not up up to date with it, but I have been like keeping tabs on things um now the Hideo Atami thing that's crazy to me because I, I mean the first injury yeah I get it but like another injury I'm used to seeing Hideo Atami go out there and beat the crap out of people in Japan and like yeah. vice versa like they go through hellacious matches out there so like how is it that you know he's getting injured so much now it's like kind of like it seems like it doesn't make make a lot of sense doesn't knowing what sense. knowing what he's come from I'm not sure about um, what's happening with we that we went off what on I'm tangents there that's what we do on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast and we were talking about uh, NXT this is something i want to bring up um so some information that i have received recently and uh, this is good information because and now we're all looking it up cuz we're we're going to start talking about it but um we've got Asuka uh, in the women's division, and she is going to be at the NXT Toronto TakeOver, taking on Mickey James. And, and, and I like Mickey James because I got to referee a match with Mickey James in it, and I got to, you know, one, two, three. She actually rushed me. It was a tag team match. She rushed me from the outside of the ring, and I got Mickey James all over me. So, very happy <laughs> about that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. But, yeah. So let's talk about the women's division, you know, talking about, you know, do we have opponents for Asuka, how this is going to work. Mickey James has been uh, kind of in and out of the business. I mean, uh, you mentioned Jason Drake, that she is uh, affiliated with Magnus from TNA, who yep. is, uh, I guess they're married, right? Yep. 
Um, have a kid. And I'm not sure exactly where Magnus is right now. But let's talk about this Mickey James uh, deal in NXT uh, going for a title. Let's start with uh, Big Ugly. Let's start with you. I know nothing about Mickey James. So nothing? I'm, I'm not the good. I'm not the person to talk to about this. I was not watching wrestling when Mickey James was in the WWE. So, I mean, this to me is kind of like a, okay. And I've never followed her in any other promotion. I've heard of her, but I'm probably not the best. Jason Drake. Uh, I watched her a little bit back in the WWE. You know, she was a she was a decent in-ring competitor. I think she got more when she went to TNA, though. They gave her more. She was more of a elevated status, especially when she came in. You know, she was, she was putting on good matches in, in TNA. They had some weird segments with her towards the end, like James Storm possibly killed her at one point by yeah, pushing her out of the train. Yeah, was an interesting story about stuff. That. He, like, shoved her out the train. He was like, oh, bye-bye. It was like, wait, is she dead? Did we just kill someone in <laughs> TNA? Wait, what? What? Like, I thought we'd gotten away from this. Is Vince Russo in on this one? Like, there was a lot going on there. But, no, True. she's definitely a, a good competitor. I think she's a, she's you know, a competitor that, that I would not expect. It's kind of out of nowhere. But it is... Uh, I think she's still definitely in the shape, unlike when we talked about Goldberg, where he's been away for so long. Yeah. Mickey's been out there, and she's been on the indie scene. I've seen her around in some shows, um, and she was just in TNN not too long ago. So I think she's definitely a good competitor. But I think it shows um, what we talked about during our tangent, that there aren't any uh, women that can be elevated to that status quick enough to, to take on Asuka. Asuka, as we were talking about, is up there at the top by herself. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just one of those, like, hey, like to the people who are really paying attention, we're going to be like, oh, wait, really? They really don't have a, a second to Asuka, like someone right. who can come up to that level. There's a enough. lot of women wrestlers in the Performance Center in NXT, and that's something that the Big Ugly and I talked about before, about who's going to take over once all those people go up, like, uh, you know, Sasha and Becky and Charlotte it, yeah. and Bailey, you know, that, that was a huge women's division. Women's division was almost as hot, if not hotter, than the men. So, um, yeah, I mean, Big Ugly, I know you don't uh, follow Mickey James too much, but uh, talk about Asuka in the women's division. Yeah, I mean, Asuka, you already know, she's my favorite I know you women's like wrestler. So, that's my girl. I can't wait for her to get called up. Um, I will say that the Mickey James thing, it is kind of par for the course. We've seen WWE bringing in older talent to NXT, like Rhino, Zack Ryder, you know, bringing people up. And so, we, we're actually seeing that on main roster, too. They brought Jenna Mahal back. Plans to bring Shelton Benjamin back, but he got injured. So, you know. I hope they still do that. Yeah, it is. They they are saying that he's supposed to still come back when he gets. They just signed Roderick Strong to NXT. Yes. And he came from. what was it, Ring of Honor? Ring recently? of Honor and PWG. He PWG. was actually just the PWG champion uh, recently. Roderick Strong is like one of the best technically sound professional wrestlers in the world. Uh, it's fantastic. He hits so hard. Yeah, man. So he's like that. He's like, strong yeah, style. Strong style for sure. He's yeah. strong he's, style. Who yeah. got there and beat the crap out of different styles? Yeah, bro. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be good. Um, so we go off on tangents all the time, and that's what we do. Um, I'm going to throw another tangent in here. We talked about a t-shirt that uh, Big Ugly was wearing, wearing Dragon Ball Z t-shirt. That's actually the t-shirt that ronda rousey was wearing when she stepped in the ring at WrestleMania <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. yeah um so that made it a little legendary but we're going to talk about jason drake's t-shirt right now um we're going to talk about the wolves we're going to talk about a little bit about tna eddie edwards actually just became the tna world heavyweight champion by defeating bobby lashley recently and we were talking about this kind of offline a little bit about bobby lashley wearing hats and wearing headbands and that bull uh, <laughs> it's terrible but yeah, it's horrible uh, and we kind of had he's not a good heel uh, no, uh, he's he's not too convincing as a heel. They keep trying to put the microphone in his hands. It's not too convincing. No. His in-ring work is 
definitely pretty good. Um, but the mic work is not good. So uh, you're wearing the T-shirt. Talk about TNA a little bit, Jason Drake. TNA, you know, I follow it. It's kind of nice because I, I followed it for a long time because I couldn't catch up with Raw and SmackDown, and we didn't have the network yet, so I was always just on demand on TNA. So I follow it a lot. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see Eddie Edwards with uh, a main title. You know, we had him in the mid-card area or the tag division with sure. Davey for a long time. Once Davey was injured, he was kind of in the mid-card area with the X-Division title mm-hmm. uh, on and off and in that picture. So it's interesting with all the all the big guys, all the, the heavyweights. He's not really a heavyweight. He's no. more of your, your cruiserweight style. True. Um, especially given that he was just an X-Division. But I think he is... The type of worker who can be a smaller guy and carry that title and make it believable. I think he has a tremendous amount of following behind him uh, in the quote-unquote Wolves Nation. I think mm-hmm. he has a tremendous amount of talent and heart as well when he's working. So I think I think it's not a bad bad way to go, especially with, with bringing him in um, as a heavyweight champion. I didn't expect it. Uh, and it's funny because I was just reading something the other day where Kevin Owens is like, I really want Eddie Edwards in because they have they're really really good friends the two of them and he has a lot of respect for his work and in ring ability. So Kevin hmm. Owens was just talking about I think WWE should sign him. So yeah, I guess it's not going to happen for a while now. Maybe maybe not. But I mean, um, but TNA is not on solid yeah, ground. Yeah. We were talking about no. that before the podcast. Uh, there's some kind of lawsuit going on. Yeah. yeah. So Billy Corgan is currently suing TNA uh, because he invested money uh, a couple months back with the intentions of hopefully having a chance to buy TNA. Dixie Carter apparently didn't really have uh, any intention on selling TNA, and so he wants that money back. TNA uh, obviously cannot afford to pay him the money back. (laughs) They're also having licensing issues with their music. They said on last show taping, they had a couple of wrestlers, I can't remember them, that had to come out with no interest music because of the licensing issue. And that Pop TV actually said they will not air any more uh, of their TV shows unless they get this issue fixed Hmm. with the music. So they're going through a lot. Uh, There was also talk of another wrestler they wouldn't name who it was in the article that I read, but apparently they were saying if they don't receive their paycheck, um, you know, that they will be looking to leave uh, TNA. So TNA is in some financial straits right now. They need help. It is a big chance that they will not be around much longer. Cause, I see that. Uh, they should just sell the, it to Billy Corgan. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Corgan was a huge financial backing for them. Yeah. And without his support, um, it, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to maintain. And that's challenging, too, because, I mean, there's a lot of good talent on that roster. There's a ton of good talent. They just don't have the, the production value or the time to get any of it over. And now with the emergence of this broken Matt Hardy and broken brother Nero and all of that. Now, I got I got two opinions about that. First of all, that's the greatest thing that Matt Hardy has oh ever God, done in yes. his life. Uh, and then Jeff is now... It's funny. Now, Matt is now the main, and Jeff is now kind of the coattail. It is. It's interesting. Um, but it's so good. All of the segments, all of the production on those segments, very good. And then they brought it up to this great war that they just had at Bound for Glory, where the, um, the Hardys won the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. But then, they come back on TV the week or two later, and then they still have Decay fighting... The, the Broken Brothers, and it's getting in bigger matches like uh, steel cage matches or weapons matches. So like, like, dude, you built up, built up, and you had the payoff. You should have left it right there. You should have. Understand that the buy rate for buy Bound for Glory was actually on pay per view was not that good. Mm-mm. So they needed a payoff for all these people that have been watching Pop TV. Um, I watched it on YouTube. Oh, I did too. <laughs> and it's all on YouTube. It's all on you. The whole show is on YouTube. It was, it was on there within 24 hours after the show. What you got, Big So Big? I will say this about Broken Matt Hardy. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but he actually, the next, uh, I guess, pay-per-view that TNA is going to do is going to be at his home. What did he call this place? 
Uh, the God, the Hardy Man, not the Hardy Mansion, but uh, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, Hardy Manor? Complex, the, the complex. complex. Yeah, the Complex, right. So the next pay-per-view is going to be there. He's actually invited the New Day and the Young Bucks to come out to the show. In exchange, he will make an appearance on WWE and Ring of Honor. Are you serious? If, if they can work that out to come there. That's what he's offering. I don't know if these companies would actually work something out. I feel like Ring of Honor would be more likely to take him up on something like that, but I... I don't know how WWE Dude, would feel about WWE, I think the concept's cool. I want to tell you something. NXT was recently in um, Aberdeen, Maryland, and they put on a great show, and it was fantastic. You know, a couple thousand people. I, I tell you what, this is interesting. As much as the gimmicks that are over in, in, T, uh, in NXT, which we kind of talked about earlier, Ty Dillinger, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, No Way Jose... Um, the thing that was happening all night long was people were going, delete, 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 delete. And I was like, holy crap, we have an, a TNA chant going here for a guy who's not ever been in NXT. And it's going all night long in every single match. Kind of like the yes chant is everywhere doing mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Delete, delete. That's that's, that's Matt, uh, Matt Hardy. And delete, obsolete. Oh, my God. Delete, obsolete. I'm telling you, that's Hillary's favorite chant, too. Delete, oh. delete, delete. But, um... It took him a second. It took me a minute to get that one. Oh. I got it. You guys know it. This happened the last time. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's right. Right. Cena joke. Yeah. You can't see me. But no, I tell you. Um, no, that's a very good point. I think I think they could take him. I think, honestly, like WWE might be willing, maybe not on a single basis, but if Matt can get his foot in the door there, I think it's a good thing for Matt. And I think it's funny, this whole gimmick with the broken Matt Hardy and the brother Nero, like, there's a lot of comedic parts to it. Like, even just in the promo work. Like, when was Jeff boxing with a kangaroo? I think. And, like, the best part is, like, then Matt starts trying to fight it, and you can see Jeff in the back, like, laughing. (laughs) Jeff's not keeping it serious. Jeff is laughing. It's It's almost like Lucha Underground, where they're having this character that is so just out there and they're doing like these segments that aren't like regular wrestling segments it reminded me a bit of the lucha underground style but it's working i know Kay, like rizzo and i she talked about it she's she and i both said it we were like this is the reason we're watching bound for glory like when we watched it she's like i this is the match like we were talking about it to people yeah. afterwards for that match like jeff's personality changing five times was kind of hysterical <laughs> Went from Jeff Hardy to Broken Nero to Willow to... To something else. It reminded me of a character he used to do on the Hardy show. But, like, he's throwing pumpkins and yeah. stuff at people. Like, it was ridiculous. But we were laughing and cracking up and paying attention the entire time. It was I, great I gotta give it to great him, man. stuff. Gotta give it to him. I think it's great. I think it's working for their family and for their roster right now. Um, I don't know how much further TNA is gonna go. Well, that's I mean, interesting, the complex thing. Like, are they doing that from a money standpoint at that point? Or, or what? Like, could it be that they don't uh, want to buy the building out? I mean, it, it could. I think that they're doing that just because the final deletion was so over Maybe. that match that it they had be. at the complex. Yeah. So I think that that's why they're doing that. It's iconic now, right? It's I, exactly. It so they're just it trying is. to take advantage of that because um, apparently they're trying to get other non-contracted wrestlers to come to this event. So they're kind of just trying to make this whole feel different, you know, bringing in people that aren't usually TNA wrestlers yeah. as mm-hmm. well. Which is why he put that invitation out there. And he's dead serious, too. So I know he Matt, is. Oh, and speaking of Broken Matt Hardy, he also posted that he would like to buy TNA if they were open to, to selling it. Yeah. He's probably hitting the other and He's, he's got probably the got money. the money. Yeah, I think the, the best money. idea is for TNA to sell. And I, I don't know who would do better with it, Matt or Billy Corgan. I think Billy Corgan has the finances to take it I off. think Matt and if, Jeff should buy it and hire Billy Corgan to run it. Yes. I think that they should go... that. 
even if they could form a partnership, you know, Matt helping out with the creative side of it and Billy with the finances and also creative because, you know, Billy Corgan, frontman of the Smashing Pumpkins, you know, all the music videos they've done, all the different stuff he's done, all the tours and the setup on the stage, he has a very creative mind that I think brings a fresh perspective, but he's also a big fan of wrestling, yeah. which I think is good because he's not just one of these people that's going to back it with money. Which is kind of what the problem I think with Dixie Carter was a lot of, in a lot of ways. A lot of people have always faulted her as going, you know, you're you're someone with money, but you don't really understand the way the like what works and what's best for business, if you will. But Billy Corgan, I think, is a fan, you know, through and through. But he also has the money, so he brings both. And if Matt is helping him with creative, I think that could be a very good product. I, I think so, and I mean, I, I don't understand why Dixie is hell bent on holding on to this when it's obviously failing under her. Her maybe her that's it. So. She doesn't want to see it fail under her. She doesn't want to have this blemish on her life or on her professional. Well, career that's the thing. If she like gave that. it away before it fails, it'd be a lot better than it failing, failing. Yeah, Dixie Carter is holding on to something that she can't control. She can't finance it. She can't run it. Um, so hopefully for all these guys in TNA, like they're Bobby Lashley, still very talented. Go, you know, both double sport MMA professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Eli Drake, who is your boy? Uh, I, I love Eli Drake. Mar- Mar- Maryland guy. He is a Tell Maryland me. guy, and I love Eli Drake. Actually, I think he's got one of the better uh, gimmicks and characters. Um, mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I, I still enjoy EC3's work. It, it's a little, uh, what's my word? Not comedic, but it's a little. Um, Slapsticky every now and again mm-hmm. with what he tries to do, but I mean his work is very good. I, yeah, I, I like um, I like him. You know the the Nero boys and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I hope for TNA's sake they can pull something up. I hope at least some of that roster does not go to waste. Between Eddie Edwards, Trevor Lee, and Andrew Everett are really good. They are very I like good. them. DJ Z is great. Very good. There's a lot of good workers in there right now that I would hate to see end up. Just Mike Bennett. Make Mike, Mike Bennett, Bennett and Maria, Maria Kanellis great. Like. Maria, her in-ring work isn't bad either. The matches she's had recently have not been bad. She was staying out of the ring for a long time because she's a great character. She plays yeah. that role as heel very well. And Mike Bennett's just money any way you look Absolutely. at it, any which way. Uh, I will say, um, speaking of EC3, though, it's I had a thought, like, if Dixie Carter sells his company, who does, does he still stay Carter? Or does he change his, his gimmick? What happens there? But his match with Bobby Lashley, though, that was... Did you watch the I match? I did see about the match of Bound for Glory with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley seemed like he kind of was just not on. Like, there were some times, especially I remember one in particular. Like, e- EC3 goes to, like, throw him to the ropes, and he's like, go like go over. I kind of see him, or, like, roll over, and he means over the top rope. And when he pushes him, like, Bobby Lashley just rolls through and sits up, like, almost like he did, like, an assisted snapmare, like a pushdown. Mm-hmm. And you see EC3 kind of look at the ref and put his hands out, like, what the, what do you, and then he gets up and clotheslines him over the top. But there, you can see it. If you look for that spot, there is a pause where EC3 is like, what the, uh, uh, <laughs> like, hands out, looks at the ref, like, what is he doing? Okay. So Bobby is, like, wasn't into it. Like, it didn't seem like Didn't seem like his mind or anything into it, it. Maybe they just weren't meshing well. Is what it was. It's possible because they've been working together for so long. Yeah, now, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they just, just had bored a, of it. Maybe I don't know. yeah, but like they, it just seemed like they weren't on the same page that night. And for that to be the main main event, and then try to follow the final deletion, you know, the Great War, you know, it was just like not not up to par, especially after the Great War. Yeah, it was kind of the same situation that I think um, with Dolph Ziggler and the Miz and and Bray and Orton and, yeah. and Bray and Orton aren't weren't bad. I just. 
they couldn't follow it the same Nobody way. Nobody could. Think. Exactly. And I think that's what it was on, in both instances. So, uh, speaking of Bray, real quick, and I'm going to segue back to TNA. So, it, are they trying to put the uh, Y family back together now? Because Luke Harper's back. It's just one, though. It's kind of interesting. It's just one, right. Yeah, well, I don't know where. Eric Rowan is injured. Eric is Rowan's he on SmackDown or Raw? Did they put Rowan on the show? Or is he just injured? I don't know. I know Rowan. Rowan is legitimately injured. That's true. But I can't I remember who actually drafted draft or anything him. like that. Because I was reading something that said that they might be trying to rebrand Rowan, like give him a whole new character. Which I would thought mean... he was supposed to be on Raw because they said that they were okay. splitting up all of them. So Bray went to SmackDown by himself, and then Rowan and Strowman went to uh, Raw. Then I, I don't like that they're putting Luke Harper with with Bray. It unless was just two of them, right? Unless they're going to give him like he's going to you know get another follower. I mean, I, I don't like that. And they, they really need to decide if they're going to keep Bray Wyatt with people or not because the whole split them up. I'd like to see Bray Wyatt and uh, Luke Harper go at it. I would too. I you know, and I think Bray Wyatt. I've seen him. He's been a little more aggressive lately, which I like because for a while he was kind of like he'd sort of like stand back and he was playing almost. It looked like he was trying to play like an Undertaker type character as Mm -hmm. a heel. But he was wrestling more like a Jericho where it's like, I'm going to lie, cheat, and run away. Like, I'm yeah. just going to kind of hide and take my... Now he's kind of attacking people. Like, in the Orton match, it seemed like he got right up in Orton's face a couple times. Orton got up on him and he started laughing on the outside. Like, I like this. I like that fight. Kind of the way yeah. that someone who the character thinks they're a god would look at someone hitting them. They'd be like, I like that fight in yeah. someone, but yeah. I'm not scared by it. Like, he's playing into that character more in his in-ring work, which True. I like. I like it. Um, what I think would be really interesting is we had that, uh, you know, take me home part where he was stuck in the little container <laughs> and got out somehow. Um, the Sister Abigail spot, like that whole thing. That, I think, what, wouldn't it be crazy if there was a, you know, he got a female second as well as Luke Harper and there's a new family that's with a female and she's Sister Abigail. Like they have that character that's play. That's a good idea. And it's almost in kind of the same vein of Decay's Rosemary. Like I, a very exactly. dark female character I think would do wonders for that group. Because it's always Decay just, over and bring that and mesh it with the Wyatts. You could and it'd be, it'd be money. I think for so long... Um, you know, Bray Wyatt, the Wyatt family have just been these really, really big dudes. So where's the dynamic in that if you've just got a bunch of big dudes other than just laying people out? But I think, you know, some more diverse type characters could really bring some freshness to that group. And I think it'd be a good job, good, good idea. Like you've seen it with, with Decay. They've got Abyss, big guy, Steve, small guy, and a female. And it's done wonders for that yeah. group. Like I love Decay. Um, and honestly, great. my favorite, I think, is Steve. Getting to hear him talk and seeing his work and that crazy zany side of him, I think it really fits that like crazed mind character. So it's a good balance. It's a good balance in there. So I wonder if you know they'll try to do something with that in the future, given that Rowan and Braun are gone. And like you said, I think WWE is going to realize if they don't already that if we're going to do a Wyatt family, we can't just have Bray and Luke. We need some. Yeah, we need you, a third. You gotta or have fourth. An actual more stable. people, right? Yeah. It's not a family. Just it's just two the Wyatt people. family. Yeah. That's our, it's our it's tag, tag team, team. name. Right. It's, it's the Wyatt team. family. Yeah. That's our tag team. Yeah. It's like nah, nah. Oh man. So, I will say I'm a, I'm a uh, segue back to TNA one quick. So WWE can actually solve all of TNA's problems, and they might if they go through on this. So there is rumors that WWE wants to buy the. Uh, the uh, uh, what do you call the it? Library. the library? Yeah, the right? content. The right. content. They want to buy the content, right? Instead of actually buying the promotion. But if they buy the content while the promotion is still going, what's people going to do? Well, they're going to get on a network and watch the content. Yep. Which is going to make people then want to watch 
TNA right now. It could do that. Which could solve TNA's problems. But, I mean, if I figure that out, WWE probably will too. And I think that they'll probably wait for the ship to sink before buying that company. Oh, yeah. So you always want to wait for the stock to go down. Yeah. So you purchase things at a cheaper price at a better time. Yeah. Yeah, and they know they're tanking. So what it could happen, though, is... The WWE would benefit from the ratings and the more views on the network. They'd get TNA fans to buy, but also they've got AJ Styles. They've got Bobby Roode. You know, they've got TNA stars, Eric Young. They've got TNA stars in there, Samoa Joe, everybody. True. Like, that now you'd have their entire library of their upcoming in, the in like, the main... That's you a know, big deal because so, you talk about like AJ Styles where he was for the past eight years or whatever. Exactly. They don't really talk and, about and that. And Samoa Joe too, like and and Bobby Roode, like Bobby Roode and AJ Styles were two of the people who were there for the very first, like you know, very get go, pretty much. You know, um, I think TNA, like the first pay per view they had, AJ Styles was on it. Yeah. So you've you've got like their history there that fans are going to be able to watch. And, you know, it's also going to clue the WWE fans in to their history. Like, for the ones who don't know. Or, like, I don't, what, what's the big deal? They're going to get to watch it um, for the younger generation that wasn't following it or anything like that. So, it'll be good for the characters. It'll be good for the business. And I think they could brand it that way as opposed to, you know, pushing it like, come watch TNA. They could do that. Or they could go, watch AJ's career. Watch, you know. And then you had the WWE stars that went there. Like, Dusty was there for a while. Yes, he was. Mick you know, Foley went, right? Mick Foley, Mick Foley was there went. a while. You had, Hope, well, well, not Hogan. <laughs> Fans <laughs> will want to see Hogan. They won't cut it out. But, you know, you've got the Hardys went Sting there. Sting was there Christian for a while. Went, now he's a harder fan. Hall yeah, Famer. Sting. Christian was there. Uh, you know, they had a lot of people who made the jump there over the years. Like Booker Mickey T, right? James. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he was at one point in time. Yep. Um, but yeah, you have so much talent that is crisscrossed that they're now going to have that entire video library. That would be awesome. Rob Van Dam, true. Ken, yeah. Ken Anderson with Mr. Kennedy, like there were right? a lot. I think that's a, there's a lot of potential there. Oh with yeah, that library. But I think it's going to be interesting to see because if they did give them the money, it keeps them afloat one, and then the interest could keep them afloat two. The money right off the bat would help. Do they go, let it sink more until Dixie sells it and then go? Because if Dixie sells it, which she's going to in- inevitably have to do, you know, you rebrand it and they're probably going to hope that whoever buys it can't take it and make it better. So the question is, will that happen? How will it happen? How long will it take? And how does TNA play out? And I think once WWE waits and sees a little bit, maybe then we'll get our decision and see. But I think they're going to hang back for at least a little bit longer and check it out. Definitely. And that's a good segue to uh, the end piece here, which we're going to talk about. Um, that there is so much wrestling out there nowadays to watch. I mean, at one point there, the WWE had a monopoly on everything, and that's when indies weren't going too strong. You know, so it was basically you watch WWE or nothing. Yep. Now, not only are the indies strong, which we talked about earlier, there's so many independent promotions, including EWA, which is fantastic. Um, you know, you've got WWE, and that's branched off to Raw, SmackDown, you've got NXT, you've got the network throwing. 24-7, all kinds of stuff, pay-per-views for each one, network specials for each one. You have Lucha Underground. You have Impact Wrestling, which is still around. You have uh, Ring of Honor. There's just so much to watch mm-hmm. and so much to keep up with that we could never do it on one podcast. Nope. You know, We could never do it even in our own individual lives. But it, I think it's great that there's places to go and things to do. 
Um, I hope TNA gets that lifeline somehow because there's a lot of talent there, and that's great. Um, so we have we've gone all over the place on this podcast. We have a couple tangents to hit before we close up. Big ugly. What I you was got? just going to say, can I go off on a tangent? You okay. absolutely can. So, <laughs> did you hear what Dana White said about CM Punk? I did not. All right, let's read it. So let's Dana read White, it. Dana White was asked by Fox Sports if uh, CM Punk is going to um, going to fight again, stay in the UFC and continue to fight. Dana White said probably not, but he wanted to try it. I like the guy. I respect the guy. He wanted to fight in the UFC. He wanted to do it. He trained for two years, and he did it. So Dana White, president of the company, is saying that Punk probably will not fight again. Do you think that he just pretty much used Punk? Because, I mean, this is crazy. So you take a guy that, you know, we talked about this before, had no fight experience, you know, uh, no athletic background. You throw him in there. He gets pummeled in, like, like what, first round, right? And first or second round, yeah. First or second, yeah. It's like, I think, yeah, he definitely didn't make it past the first round. <laughs> and um, he gets submitted, and now it's like, oh, yeah, he probably won't fight again. It was like, what was the point of this, man? Well, I think the, the point, the problem is, like, he didn't, a lot of guys who come into the UFC do uh, fights in amateur MMA to, to get ready for it. He went straight to the UFC. He went straight to the top. Yep. That's like, you know, a guy who's like, oh, I trained twice at a show. I'm in the main event at WWE. Like, that's the jump that you just had. Is basically it. Like, a guy who's trained twice and went, hey, heavyweight title. No. Like, you have a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience in this sport, has trained for two years, and hasn't gotten there. And he comes into a, a match, uh, a fight. And it it's one of those things where I don't think Punk was ready for it. I think Punk could have done better with... Going on some amateur uh, matches first to build his repertoire, build yeah, up that instead feel. Instead of just and training, get, getting injured, training, getting injured. He should have exactly. been doing some amateur fights. Some but smaller. I don't think, I mean, I can't take anything away from him, though. Like, the guy wanted to do it, and he went and did it. So And, and he was proud of it. He said, you know, you don't he win every time. You know, he came out. He didn't make any excuses for nope. it. He just, he said what he felt. He said, I got to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to do this. And but did he get used as far as just the name and the likeness and to sell paper? Oh, of course. of course. I think did. that's yeah. of course what it was. But I, I, I don't see it being terrible for Punk either. No. And I think if Punk goes back to the amateurs, because he still can, he can go back and make a name for himself with a smaller company. And I think a small company would do well. The other thing is UFC put him against a guy who was not just a throwaway. They put him against a guy who was up and coming and mm-hmm. they knew was good. Whereas if a small company takes him and puts him against a guy who's not good, they can build him and build a fan base around him by billing him against guys. You know, they're not going to fix a match like, you know, whatever, but they're going to put him against a guy that he has a better chance against and yeah. try to build it. And a smaller company would do well. Yeah. I guess my, my, my closing thing, I just felt like, he was in that spot, but he didn't deserve it. You know, Punk's biggest thing was always about, you know, part-time guys coming in, taking spots away from, um, you know, the guys that are always on the road and doing that. He hated that in WWE. Yeah. And then he comes in the UFC and does the exact same thing. It's like, you have to know you don't deserve to be there. There are so many guys on the amateurs that haven't been picked up by uh, UFC that are way better fighters than he was because he didn't know how to fight in general. And he just get put in that spot, and it's like he really didn't even put up a fight. I mean, he didn't get any offense. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit before, but it's just like, you know, he just didn't deserve to be there. But, no. I mean, now, of course, like like you said, Jason Drake, like he can go back and, you know, to the amateurs if he wanted if to. He but it looks to, like yeah. Dana, Dana White is kind of done with him because, you know, I mean, 
He wrote him off. Yeah. He got his got his pay per view buys for right. that. You know, got uh, got his merchandise out for that. And you got now now you're back into Conor McGregor mm-hmm. um, and Ronda Rousey, who's coming back. Yeah, um, you fight Amanda Nunes. Amanda yeah. Nunes for the title. I'm actually excited about that one. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. Uh, just to see what's going to happen after all this time. And Ronda's coming in kind of as like an underdog now, so I think the fans are going to get even more behind her. Like it's going to like you know the fight like to, like. WWE, you always get behind the underdog. You yeah. always want to see the, the comeback story, and now we have it. So it's going to be great for them. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think, I don't, you know, I can't fault Punk for, for taking that. Because if someone goes, hey, here's one of your dreams on a silver plate, you can have it. You're not going to go, I don't deserve it. You know? well, so his, the only reason I fault him is because, so what's the difference between The Rock you know, doing the same thing. He comes back to WWE, and Vince is like, oh, Rock, we're going we're gonna to put the title on you. But yet, Punk throws up a big fuss about it. So it's like, well, you can't say that anymore, well, right? Could you do the same thing? I think because this is something he's never done before, whereas the people that were coming in and beating him were already multi-million dollar, got their, were in their prime already once, and yeah. they were taking the spot right, away from him. Whereas this is the first time he's ever done it. He is a new guy to it. Was he handed a really good first opportunity? Yeah, but he's never done it before, whereas these people had done it. They had been there. They'd had all their titles. They didn't need to win. It didn't do anything for business, which it really did. They came in and took their, one of their guys, who was a rising star, beat him, left, and he's like, where do I go now? And he like, handled it Like, he was ruining well. someone else's career, and he handled it well. Yeah, he handled it in the manner of, like you said, he lost, he had no excuses, he was fine, he didn't downplay the media, he didn't downplay UFC, he didn't trash anybody, and he didn't build himself up after that using that as a platform to say, I, I fought in a UFC match and I, I fought on the UFC pay-per-view. I lost, but I fought there. And he's not going to use that as his calling card. He trained to do what he said he was going to do. He did it, and now he might be done. But, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice, uh, uh, you had a nice parallel there a little while ago, which we were not going to get into, but it was, it bit. made me pop. It bit. definitely <laughs> made me pop. Um, so, We've been talking for a while. This has been a great podcast. Uh, before we go, is there anything that uh, either one of you would like to bring uh, to the table before we close out this podcast? Um, Any more tangents? Because oh, we're going to come back. Oh, one more tangent. I'm done. Oh, I'm man. done after this. <laughs> I am done. So just a little bit of news, really. News. Um, Paige is suspended yes. again. 60 days this 60 time. days. Likely, I, I personally don't think she'll ever wrestle again for WWE. I think they're, they're going to get rid of her. Only way she stays around is because of Total Divas. That is the only uh, way I see Paige sticking around. That's a possibility. Because she's like one of the main stars of Total Divas, like a big draw on there. She's a big personality. But it's not looking good for her right now. No, and, and Total Divas is still, and I was uh, shocked to hear this, the Total Bellas is now on and going, and Total Divas is coming on as well. So both shows are going to be running simultaneously. Right, and I thought one the was Bellas are the on Total Divas still, too. Yes, they are. Yeah. I don't think those are going to be the main characters. I think they got uh, they got Lana, they got Renee Young, they got some other characters on there, but and also uh, still um, Paige is still involved, I think. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, but Paige is now suspended for 60 days. She and Del Rio are still doing their thing, uh, t- still together, and Del Rio's wrestling all over the world now. Um, so... I, I think she might be done. Yeah, I could see it. And I could see if she is done, her tagging along with Del Rio, if they're still together. That whole situation was, like, out of nowhere, too. Because she was... 
wasn't she engaged? To, she was engaged to the guitarist from the band A Day to Remember. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. Was, and that and was like they were always posting pictures together. And then for like there was like a month where something just happened, yeah. and then it was over. I was like, well, what? Yeah, well, it, it like, like unraveled on Total Divas. It really yeah. did, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's crazy yeah. because you know Paige is talking about, oh, I'm, I'm this loner, I'm this rebel. She's been in so many relationships and gone back and forth now, and she's only 22 years old. It's like, what come on heck? now, if she wants to be the Taylor Swift of the wrestling world, let her. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like shake it off, man. Yeah, yeah, shake Oh, Oh, man. You know, and and Paige is, yeah, Paige is suspended. Oh, they got this new segment also on WWE.com, just to let you go. It's called Where Are They Now? Um, They've been doing, like, Ted DiBiase Jr. uh, talking about what he's doing. Um, What is he doing? uh, He's actually running uh, some sort of uh, camp for some kids who, you know, have a hard way, like inner cities and things like that. So it's a camp to, like, bring bring yourself up, teamwork Mm -hmm. and and heart and things like that. So um, people that can't really afford to send people to certain camps and schools and things like that. So he's taking these kids and trying to give them a way of life. So he's doing pretty good. Uh, Eve Torres is now married with her first child, and she actually helps uh, her and her husband, who is part of the Gracie family, uh, they run an MMA-style joint, not teaching MMA specifically, but it's kind of like women protection, like protection for women, Mm. like self-defense, jiu-jitsu, things like that, Eve Torres. The most recent one that's on there is Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh, my God. Jimmy Wang. You know Jimmy Wang Yang? I do not know. Big Ugly. He was also in the Young Dragons back on, what was it, WCW? WCW, Young Dragons, uh, and yeah. And he was, uh, you know, the Oriental wrestler, and he came in, and he became the resident redneck. So he's Asian, but he became the resident redneck of WWE. He came so out blue jeans, white beater, <laughs> cowboy hat. Oh, it was, it was funny oh, as hell. Who is this? You got to look up Jimmy Wayne. Wayne. It was yeah. funny as hell. Um, uh, he had this great theme music. I'm gonna have to punch someone tonight, and he had this old dog blue in the background. <laughs> That was fantastic. It was hysterical. So Jimmy Wang Yang now um, is uh, now running something in Cincinnati, Ohio called the Redneck Party Bus. Uh, so he picks up people like at proms and at shows and tailgates for uh, football games and wrestling events. And he's got, you know, he picks up and he have on the bus. And then you get on the Redneck Party Bus and you can drink and you can, you know, do whatever and have a good time and tailgate, whatever. And he also has the Princess Party Bus. So he has the Redneck Party Bus, for, you know, for the, for the people, but for women, like that want to have bachelorette parties and, and have strippers and things like that. He runs that bus. So he has a whole company running uh, basically party buses for people. My question is, if he has a redneck party bus, was was Jimmy Wang Yang just a character? Or was that... <laughs> we, we started to see the real Jimmy Yang there. That is actually, according to that segment that they did on WWE.com, that's the real deal. Like, he's... <laughs> He came over from Asia, but he, you know, moved to Cincinnati because they were going to put him in developmental for WWE. He's been in Cincinnati for 16 years, and there's a lot of, you know, down south redneck kind of stuff in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's and he just fell in love with it. He did, and oh, that's just that, him. That's I mean, I just remember him as the Young Dragons being what in there. What happened to and then, Shannon Moore? He went he, to TNA, TNA for a while. For a bit. He was he was in a, a group or tag team with Jesse Neal, one of the trainees of uh, the Dudley Boys, called Ink Ink. Okay. He came out all uh, the tattoos, crazy and tattoos, and all. like uh, like makeup drawn on, like spiked mohawk, everything. He had this thing called the Book of Dilly Gaff, which oh was Do I God. Look Like I Give Up? Yeah. Expletive <laughs> deleted. But no, it was good for a while. I really actually enjoyed it. I think I've always enjoyed Shannon Moore. Um, as a worker, uh, they kind of, you know, really, really kind of made a mockery out of him when uh, CM Punk came in. Because he had this character. Wow. He was like, I'm the Prince of Punk. And CM Punk was like, 
No, yeah. you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and he like walked out of the picture, but they had him like all done up with all this makeup and yeah. stuff. I'm the Prince of Punk. And he's like, seriously? And he walked out, but he played, uh, you know, he was he was always a really big role in, in the with the Hardys. And me as a Hardys True. fan, like I always yeah. followed Shannon Moore. And he, he was a really good worker, I thought. Really good wrestler, a lot of high flying. Uh, and for that time period, he was kind of namestay in their, like, in their more mid-card matches. Yeah, yeah Shannon Moore. But yeah, Jimmy Wang Yang, bro. He He's your boy. That's what he says. I'm surprised they haven't talked about Mason Ryan on there yet, or have they? Uh, not yet, but they, they may. Mason Ryan was part of that Nexus deal, and he came up through uh, the developmental as well, and they kind of... He was supposed to be like the next Batista type mm-hmm. character, and he they kind of dropped him off. But we'll see about that. They but, got him a job actually. Like WWE actually got him a job with Cirque du Soleil. How, how about that? They actually made the connection for him. They have him over there. They've talked. That's why I asked because they've talked about him on like WWE.com Is where is he now? Like on like I always see little feeds on the app. And they brought him up, so I was like. Maybe he was in there. I like Mason Ryan. I do. I enjoy. But hey, we've been talking a while here on this podcast, and we appreciate you hanging with us. And uh, we're going to wrap this thing up and uh, go out and eat some cheesesteaks and uh, do some stuff like that. But uh, I want to thank Jason Drake for coming in today. Always a pleasure. Always fun. Be here tell, anytime you want. Thank you. Tell Rizzo we said hello. we got to bring her back on so we can have the Rizzo perspective, the female perspective. Definitely. Um, you know, we'll bring that back on. And uh, Big Ugly, what you got for us before we go? Man, I'm I'm done, dude. You, you know tangents. me, yeah. You know tangents, me. Tangents. I'll save my tangents for the next round. So uh, we touched on a lot in this podcast. We might edit it a little bit. So if you heard some choppiness, you know we're just gonna try to get some things in, put some things out. But we thank the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners for giving the feedback, commenting on the Facebook page, sending us emails, liking and subscribing to SoundCloud and iTunes. You know, check it out and check out where they can find you, Jason Drake. Uh, they can find me on Facebook still. If you look up Jason Drake or Miss Rizzo, you'll find both of us there. Uh, got an Instagram out there. Look up Jason Drake. You might be able to find me on there. There will be more soon as we, we keep going. I'm going to be putting up more social media stuff. For That's right. To check us out. So I'll keep you all posted. We appreciate that. And we thank you for listening to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And I'm Jason Drake. <laughs> we had to throw yeah, you in yeah. there. You did. You threw me in. I was going to let you guys have your thing. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, you're part of it. So we're going to do it as we always do. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces.